Anyway, I did see the film that this particular toy is based on. Marvel's Avengers Infinity War, in theaters now. I'd be happy to sit here and talk to you about it, eh, for $150 an hour. Sure, why not? Cut to trailer. The entire time I knew him, he only ever had one goal. The newest Avengers movie is here. This one is called Infinity War. The jokes about the movie being really long practically write themselves. Look out, Avengers! Thanos is coming! The villain we've been told we're supposed to be anticipating for the last ten years, despite never being given any reason to do so. But he's here! And he's going to destroy half the galaxy with his magical golden oven mitt. Can the Avengers stop him? You'll just have to see the movie and then wait another year to see the next movie to find out. Oh, lawyer, what did you think? It's the most depressing summer popcorn movie sense insert joke here. (laughs) It's the most depressing summer blockbuster movie since Ghostbusters. (laughs) It's the most depressing summer blockbuster since The Lone Ranger. Depressing for different reasons, Yes, we should point out. This one's intentionally depressing. It's not that depressing, though, I didn't think. It has a depressing... It dies with (laughs) saying, oh, God, I... (laughs) While turning to... (laughs) Oh, spoilers. (laughs) The Walberts, that's our word, brought to you by Bork. No rights reserved, but all mice reserved. And I'm here with Baron Von Stormhaven, and I'm Jim Jesus. How you doing, Baron? Bork. <laughs> Bork. <laughs> oh, God. Watching 20 minutes. 20 minutes. <laughs> Watch the entire ARF channel. I'm going to put that in the notes. <laughs> the link to the ARF channel. <laughs> that was fucking glorious. Yeah. And apparently and it, we have been drinking. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, Jim, <clears throat> I was asking for confirmation on when I should start driving up, because I live... Uh, way south of in the valley from jim he's like yeah so start you know be here at 10 30 well i'm already on i-15 in tropicana and it's like 8 30 i'm like well fuck okay so let me go kill some time so i drive up to aces and ales have a couple you know a couple of ales and i start looking at my phone start going through my discord channel with uh on true dill tom which i'm a member of his discord channel and someone had posted a link on how the splc has um, a map rightfully or wrongly labeled Gurney, Illinois, a haven for KK for the KKK. It, it was just a newsfeed. This is something that was put on uh, Politico. So I was reading it and, it's, you know, stating that someone may have spoofed saying there was going to be a KKK book club or a book review club in Gurney. Oh, and, wow. and that's how Gurney got on it. And now they're trying their best. Like even the mayor of Gurney is trying to not whitewash everything, but just make absolutely sure there's no, any evidence of KKK and trying to get them removed from the hate or does the hate map and the hate watch map or whatever. And that that's proved to be difficult. Which reminded me... Soviet Poverty Lie Center. Yeah, yeah. Well, it reminded me of what was the the Natural Monopoly driving podcast you had done. So I sent out a tweet. I I mentioned the SPLC. I said, so 
Is it fair that the SPLC has a natural monopoly on on hate organizations? You know, it's a fair question because if you look at the ADL, they only look at or the anti yeah, it's only anti Semitic. Yeah, it's only anti Semitic stuff. But the SPLC, like if, if you were if you just railed on about black people, they wouldn't care. No, but the instant you started asking about the well, Jewish no, they're, they're, question, they're, then they'll talk, no, they'll it, the ADL is very specific in dealing with you know anti Jewish hate. Mm-hmm. But the SPLC is the only one that deals with kind of all of it, or no, or more specifically, they gear towards white supremacist. Though they would uh, label black separatists, which I think they did a couple yeah. in Arizona and Nevada. Yeah, they, they'll list like the new Black Panthers and stuff like that, and they also like list. Um, they don't list them as a hate group, but they have the Mises Org on there as, uh, and they only have them on there because they have like um, uh, World War Two revisionism stuff on their channel oh yeah yeah and they, they consider that neo-confederate propaganda or even what with what rothbard did the revisionist civil war the, the, the whole united states history yeah yeah conceived in liberty right so i ended up thinking i'm like well shit if we got so many so-called hate groups here i might as well you know if they're part of las vegas maybe well i had a fleeting thought like maybe i should interview them for syntopia and then I rethought that <laughs> yeah, idea. Yeah, it's probably a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not going to do it. Yeah, uh, I, I had that thought for a good what five minutes, and then decided not to. Yeah, it's it's they're they're bad news. <laughs> no, knowing knowing a couple in real life, yeah, that's it's not it's not worth hanging. I'm say how would I appro- how would I approach black separatists? Oh, black like, separatists. No, no, I'm just well, no, every, anyone. Okay, so I wouldn't discriminate against who I would want to interview. That's you know either either pro white or pro black. I'm like okay. Tell me your story. Lay out your argument for me. But necessarily approaching them and saying, hey, I want to do a podcast with you. Tell me your ideology. Yeah. May not necessarily go over well, depending on the pitch. Uh, what was it? Who is that guy? He, he he works for the BBC, and he does like these little things where he goes and he like almost infiltrates like these, these organizations. Uh, I can't remember his name. But uh, like he did one on Scientology, but he also did one on the um, the black Israelites. You know, the people that stand outside uh, in New York City that talk about, you know, that's about like racist shit against white people and Jewish people. Um, I thought that was like your standard black liberal. <laughs> no, they dress in like uh, purple garbs. No, nah, to be honest, I've never heard of these these people. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like he infiltrated them. They're like black separatists, too. They believe that that uh, the, the 12 tribes of Israel were really all black and that blacks are the real Jews. Hmm. And that actual Jews are like imposters or something along those lines, and that um, yeah, it gets it get they get into some really crazy nutty territory, and like you could totally tell that the guy when he was in their little sanctum or whatever it was, their little place, like he was like standing before royalty. It seemed like he was in front of a throne, and there was like a, a group like council and like one big chair in the middle, and the guy was. And he was like intimidated, like, "Oh shit, I could, I could get like killed at any time." <laughs> what kind of I'm wondering is because you've done extensive research into cults. Would you consider these people to be more cult-like than uh, the, the it, They're not. A, I don't think they they qualify as a cult. I could be wrong. Would you have? I to know actually- that Rick Ross labels a lot of neo-Nazi organizations as cults, and he has a really good argument for a lot of them. Not all of them, but I don't think he classifies all of them. He just like certain groups he specifically names out. Right. So, but then again, Rick Ross, not my favorite anti-cult guy, considering he was really instrumental in Waco. Uh, 
No, it's just, it just a yeah. question. I mean, because you, you would know more about the the the, the criteria for or meeting the definition of a cult than yeah, I would. I'm not, so. I'm not sure if they follow, but they definitely have some weird. They have some weird beliefs. Probably might follow better into like the black Israelites at least. Probably follow better into like quote unquote hate groups, hmm. uh, whatever that means. Since the SPLC likes to kind of really muddy the waters with that. Oh one. yeah, and well, and then that was one in the political article. It stated that, you know, they're even talking about how vague the definition of hate is. I mean, I guess overall, it seemed like it was it was semi pandering to a leftist or a more left of center position. But then it, it did come back with some more kind of central or maybe center right themes to balance the entire article out. Maybe. Maybe. The only thing I got was Gurney may or may not have been wrongfully accused of being a haven for the KKK. Probably. And, probably. you know, and now the mayor is trying to do everything they can or futilely trying to do what he can to get that label removed from the city. But they've been tainted, so to speak. Yes, well, Southern Illinois. It's, was it Southern Illinois? No, it's Norton. Uh, Gurney is. It's like a suburb of Chicago or something. No, it is. It's uh, they said it's 40 miles from Chicago and then 50 miles away from Milwaukee. So it's. It's north. I mean, so to to well, because my brother, Illinois my brother and sister, they've talked about Gurney. Illinois. I don't want to offend anybody. Sorry, Illinois. Yeah, but like <laughs> Gurney Mills. I mean, so it, it's got it's like it's a semi decent, I guess, small town, but it's got major uh, ec- or an economic impact, like Gurney Mills, and got a huge Bass Pro shops that you know. <laughs> Well, considering it's the Midwest and there's a lot of shit yeah. to do there, so it does. Pull, you know, those places do it. Sorry, kick the. Yeah. Mike, but those places do pull in money. So, yeah, because the the Southern Illinois is really kind of like Northern um, Missouri, Missouri. Actually, up there, up north of Missouri, they would say Missouri, not Missouri. Missouri is more Kansas City and South. That's what's Missouri. But it can get pretty rural. I'm saying that's all Midwest. That's what I don't know. So just yeah. I'll take your word on it. I know. So, I know the Southwest. And that's so KKK it. out there, it's not out of the realm of possibilities. But that, that's more north. It's more towards Milwaukee. Yeah, I don't see that. But no, they had stated even the. Uh, but James says there's a lot of KKK people in Michigan. So yeah, I can I can believe it. Yeah. Well, Skokie, you had the neos for the Skokie monk or not? Um, what was it? There was the infamous um, Nazi march in is like Chicago or is a Burba Chicago whatever made the Supreme Court. Oh yeah. So I mean, they're neat. Ken would say would say that the ACLU championed it, right? <laughs> no, I, I just know of from idiot. Yeah, I just <laughs> I just know from studying it. Yeah, there was or studying constitutional law that there was a constitution or there was a Supreme Court case that dealt with this. This was back right. in I think in the fifties. Oh, I think there was actually, there was one recently. No, not not. No, More this, recently this, than 50s. This, no, this was this was the major one that a lot of people like to cite because so the the permits got approved for the march and everything, but then when they went to march, no one really turned out, and it turned out to be a dud. Even though a lot like of a people Richard Spencer speech, <laughs> yeah, per, pretty much, <laughs> it turned out to be a dud, and it, it wasn't Scopes Monkey that was a. Uh... <laughs> Scopes trial, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it wasn't that. It was that was that, no that Skokie. Was... Skokie, oh, yeah, Skokie. the Skokie uh, case. That was, that was a Scopes it, trial. That was that had to do with creationism. No, and evolution. It, it didn't, no, and then, yeah, uh, Clarence. No, was it Clarence Dalton? Dalton. The fuck was his name? I don't think that was a Supreme Court case. Yeah. It was. Anyways, the, no, it, it Scopes was trial. S- Scopes. Scopes and yeah, 
I don't think Scopes was a. I don't. I don't think it was there, a Supreme Court. There, there I was. Don't think it was uh, Clarence Dalton, if that's his name. There, there was. When I was in, not Scogie, Scope, the Scope trial. Yeah, that that I believe was argued. It was argued before a court. I don't know whether it was Supreme yeah, Court. I don't or think not. it was Supreme Court. I think it was kind of like the Dover trial, where it still set precedent, but it wasn't. Right. It wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, anyways, coming out here, you went to Aces and Nails. Yeah, I dot, did. Dot dot. What <laughs> happened? What was the story? Yeah. Oh no, that that was a story. It was it's oh. just me looking up SPLC C bullshit. I thought you were getting. I thought you were like getting kicked out or something like that because you were like, I'll tell you when we get, when we start recording. I'm like, okay. Well, no, because I, I didn't. <laughs> I thought, did you get kicked no, out? No, no, no. Did you get us banned? No, I, I went there and it was completely. It was dead. There was like maybe five people there oh, on a Monday night. Yeah. Well, and this is you know our the non uh, yeah. Liberty on the Rocks night. But I went there. I got a couple of beers. I did some trolling on Twitter, and yeah, that was it. And then I came over. <laughs> yeah, Sunday morning there. It's it's so bizarre. It's so weird because it was just me and the bartender, and that was it. <laughs> no one else was there. You started humming the Cheers theme. Like, there was not. There was not <laughs> even other staff there. It was just me and her, and that was it. <laughs> you get a number? No. Okay. No. No. <laughs> She had tattoos on her face. It was pretty hot. She was she, she was looked like a like a hardcore suicide girl. Um, Shit, even the su- suicide girls I see, they don't even have like face tats. S- Sydney Vicious does. Yeah, yeah but yeah. she's got fangs now. Anyways, um, a little turn on for you, I guess. So I did this this episode. I don't know when it's going to come out because this one's we. I did it earlier yesterday, but. It, Knowing David, it'll probably come out in like five months. <laughs> you know, I, I believe he finally has his shit together. It'll yeah. probably come out in the next couple of days. And you still haven't seen Infinity War. You're going to see it tomorrow, today. Yeah, uh, technically it it's is Tuesday. one. Yeah, so I well, I'll be seeing it later tonight. I already bought the tickets. I did Are you see it IMAX. No, I'm going to go see it at the Orleans because it's what I can afford right now. And I'm yeah. and I'm taking my brother. I told him I would. He wants to see it, so. So I, I wanted to respond. It's, it's it's the best one. I'm reserving my judgment, but for everything I've heard, and it's the Russo brothers doing it, so I I have, I have faith in them. But didn't they also do? Uh, they did civil. Did no, they do Age of Ultron. No, that was Joss. That was Whedon. Whedon Whedon did Age of Ultron. Whedon did the first Avengers. He did Age of Ultron. Then the Russos come in. They did. They did not do the first. Captain America, but they did Winter Soldier, Civil War, and then and then because of the success of well banking on the success of Winter Soldier and Civil War, they got ushered in for the next two Avengers movies, which is Infinity War parts one and two. Yeah, there's only a couple of them. I'm gonna pull up my list. You have the whole list in front of you. Yeah, I did. So I decided to print up your list, and then I juxtaposed <laughs> my list to the side of it. So so. If you really want my full explanation of this, you're going to have to wait for the episode to come out. It's on ZGY. What is, what is, is it? Zombies Government U? It's the Zombies Government U podcast. I, I believe it's, it's ZGY podcast. Okay. Dot com. Just Google Zombies Government's U podcast and find the latest episode. I, I, I'm I pointless putting it on the notes because it's not out yet. No, but you can link ZGY. So. Yeah, I'll, I'll link ZGY. But um, so here's my list, and if you want the full explanation, you can have to wait for that episode to come out. So I have a, a number one. This is one to zero, and I'll and I'll, I'll let you know like when what my lines are. 
for what I'm. Well, and I'm saying I'm 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 gonna want kind of an explanation on a few because I I, I differ. Okay, I, I differ on many of them, and your number nine is even I quite <laughs> I de- I definitely question your number nine even on Twitter and Discord and all that. So number nine. Number nine. Okay, so um, one I have Infinity War, and this one this one was a tough one for me because I really had to think about it. Even when I did my review, immediately after I watched it, at like in the parking lot of Red Rock Casino and Resort, uh, in in beautiful Summerlin, Nevada, uh, I was sitting there going like, I don't know if if I like this more than Winter Soldier. I was it was really kind of up there. So obviously number two is Winter Soldier, uh, Guardians uh, two, then Guardians one. And I know that was going to get some contention, probably. Uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, Thor Ragnarok, Black Panther, Doctor Strange, Iron Man, that's number nine. Uh, Iron Man 3, where that was number nine. Then Iron Man. And that's where you have a problem, right? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, Civil War, Mar- the first Avengers, uh, Ant-Man, Captain America's first Avenger, Incredible Hulk. Now, this is where the line I draw, where I say, okay, no, these are no longer good. Or no longer, no longer, um, like yeah, good. This is where it starts getting into like either. Wait, what? What number do you? Either okay or terrible. And I think there's only one that I would say is terrible. So this is where I get into. This is the okay zone from from here down. Um, uh, so Age of Ultron, uh, Thor, and then the two bad ones are um, Iron Man two and Thor Dark World. Okay. So, I would say that those movies are. So from Thor, Thor Dark World, I would actually into the realm of terrible. It's not terrible. I would say it's it, it, maybe terrible. maybe terrible <laughs> in terms of MCU quality. But if you're talking about like Red Letter Media, best of the worst, terrible. No, it, it's not. It's not that bad. It's more like The Matrix. Yeah, and and Matrix, I, it was more like the Matrix Reloaded, and and I fairly and or, I, I'm pretty Reloaded. sure no no Revolutions. Well, no, I'm pretty sure the listeners as well as myself understand your your growing not a big glowing fan. hatred of. Ma- but let's just, let's just say that the Matrix movies were good. I think everybody will agree that Revolutions was bad. You know, unless you run like a tech like a sovereign citizen tech podcast, everybody agrees that Wait, that movie was terrible. Who the fuck's that guy? Uh, I, don't I don't even know. know. Who cares? Whatever. So from from my list, which actually you misspelled sovereign wrong. But go ahead. I, I, <laughs> spell check. I mean, come on, right, come on. So for my first two, I'm I haven't listed the first two because it will probably either be a toss up between you know which is first, Winter Soldier or Infinity War. Since so you have a blank, yeah, I'm gonna have a blank, but I will be releasing my list on Twitter after all this. Okay. So number three, Thor Ragnarok. That really? Yeah, you, I went. I went, went back, back and watched it like okay. a few days ago. I'm like, oh my god, this is fucking brilliant. I liked. I loved it in the theater. After well, time, you you said that you weren't the biggest fan. No, of it. I wasn't. But I gave another chance after watching a couple of. Um, that this is actually surprising. A couple in depth uh, interviews with uh, was it Tiki or Taki? Um, Wachuti. Yeah, the Wakuki. the director he saw some of the behind the scenes, so I gave the video, gave the movie another shot. I'm like, yes, this may it makes sense. I, I love the way they're going with it. Did you see that video I posted about how? Yeah, yeah. yeah and <laughs> the no, roommates. and it was well, no, the roommates, but the one before that saying it was like a sleeper hit. It may it's the one of the greatest movies that the MCU may yeah. have put out. And a lot of his arguments I agree with. So, um, yeah, if you want to, I guess, throw that link in the show notes if people want to go back and watch and see if they agree or not. Okay. 
Number four, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1. You like that one more than the second one? The second one was a continuation of the first. Now, stylistically, they're exactly the same. Yeah, the humor was, was they, still on point. Uh, it was still on point, but maybe it was a little dra- uh, dragged out in the second one. Continuing the same theme. So it's basically, this, for a sequel, it's damn good. But it's continuing the same movie. So if you look at linear, like linearly speaking, it's the same fucking movie. Yes, but I would I would give it. Here's the th- here's the reason why because this one was tough for me because I think that they were they were they were they were both like all the humor and the direction and the acting and there and was the some interact- humor that did go on too long like the whole taser face that got drugged the whole taser no, face the taser face was beautiful here here here's it, why it, it was drugged too long for me you know for, okay here's why it had two it had two things first of all I don't even remember the name of the villain in the first one. He was so forgettable. The second part is it had fucking ego. I was going to say Kurt Russell. Yeah, Kurt Russell Kurt would amazing. probably be the reason why I and would. Baby Groot. And <laughs> Baby Groot. Yeah. <laughs> Just those two alone made it. What's his name? Ron. It starts with an R. It's not Rondo. It's they had to do something with him, right? They couldn't just bring him back in as an adult and just go, I am Groot. No, it's, it's, it's not it's, funny anymore. It, so Baby Groot was perfect. Baby Groot was perfect. And I love the – I may have to switch switch my and two Teenager Guardians. Teenager Groot. Teenager Groot, the, the, uh, the, the post – well, no, the post credit scene and that when Star-Lord was fucking well, arguing there's with, more Teenage Groot. Okay, well. <laughs> in Infinity War. Okay. A lot more. So <laughs> – <laughs> so my my top five are two one and two are to be determined. Thor Ragnarok, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume One or Two. It may switch, but it's one of the Guardians. Yeah. And because I like you have Kurt, them right next to each other. No, I don't. I actually have because what I have is number three is Thor Ragnarok, four Guardians of the Galaxy, five is Iron Man. Iron Man one because in my mind that's what it set the stage for everything, and it, I believe it is the most. I'm, I'm, here, here's the thing. I'm not going to say that it's a bad movie. It's a fantastic film. Like, there's not too many bad ones in it. No, but I'm just saying. Even and, with and, the fatigue. You no, know, I know. But even what I'm saying in terms of the. I judge it based on what. I judge movies based on it is now. Because if I judged movies based on what they were, I would still like The Matrix. What I'm, but, the, but the fact that I went back and watched it five years later, it was like, what the fuck was I thinking? Uh, right. Yeah. But <laughs> the way I'm judging the movies is, is how close to the heart do I hold them? Iron Man has a very special okay. place in my heart. So it's not going to be my top three, but it's definitely top five. Okay. Number six, Captain America Civil War. Civil Civil War is good. It's not great. It's not Winter Soldier style, but it's still, it had... It had Spidey and Black Panther intros. And no. they did it right. Well, they no, did it, it did, it did but but we're seeing. So you're looking at it, even stylistically, you're seeing the beginning of what if Infinity War is so fucking great, right? We're seeing the seeds laid with how the Russo brothers dealt with multiple characters and being able to weave an entire storyline into a giant tackle box. <laughs> yeah. Number seven, I have Ant Man. Because when I never, I had no. Expectations, yeah. I know. I had. I had, I had no. Des- going I had no desire to see Ant Man. I knew it was coming out, and I remember this was what 2015. So this is before I moved up here, and I was still Your looking list for. Is so weird. Yeah, I was okay. still looking for a house. So I came came up here. We're staying at the Orleans. I'm like, I'm gonna go see a movie. What's there? Oh, Ant Man. Okay, I'll go see it, and I liked it. 
Because it was light. It was comedic. It wasn't necessarily trying to be anything. Yeah, it was it was its own thing, but it still had like the same amount of humor that you would expect from one of the more funnier Marvel movies. So yeah, I could see it. I don't know if I'd put it that high up on my list. That's why I put it down more. But again, like a lot of these things are splitting hairs when I'm on this list. No, it's that, no it's, the uh, ones that aren't splitting hairs are like the top five. No, top six. Those are the ones that are I think are like ap- so everything. Everything like from Thor Ragnarok up on that on my list. Yeah, I would say is amazing. Like, oh, top six. Yeah, top six. My my yeah, the, the top the, like those things. Those ones are absolutely like. Awesome. The ones in the middle are still great, but they're really kind of splitting hairs on where they are on that list. So you could make a case for Spider for Iron Man 3 not being as good as Iron Man 1. You could try to make that case to me, and I'd be open to it. I would absolutely make that case. <laughs> but I, I, think, I think the reason why I, I chose 3 over 1 was because I'm not invested in the act uh, comic book accuracy of the Mandarin. Okay, and I think that's why a lot of people were. Really I have upset an. Ar- I now have a, a new. A new. When I get to Iron Man, I'll give you my newly devised argument for that. Okay. So now I actually, the only thing I liked about Spider-Man: Homecoming was Vulture. <laughs> Michael Keaton's character was the only thing I liked in that movie. No, that, no, that was the best Spider-Man movie. No, it, it may be the By best. Far. No, it may be the best Spider-Man movie, but I'm not as emotionally invested in Spider-Man. Either am I. As everyone else, but I'm like looking at mine him. is Batman. I'm looking, and I had Batman and Robin to deal with. <laughs> I was there too. And Batman versus Superman. <laughs> it was yeah. And Justice League. But I'm watching Homecoming. I'm like, okay, I like it. God, I wish, I wish they didn't have to put. Um, Tony Stark in it, put Robert Downey Jr. because that seemed to take away from Spider-Man himself. I disagree. I actually had more of an emotional connection with Michael Keaton's character and Vulture than anything else. So you sympathize with the bad guy? Yeah, and that yes, I because they create because in Vulture and what they did with that, they created such a compelling antagonist for him because you did feel Black Panther was the same way. I didn't get that from Killmonger. No, you I didn't. didn't. You didn't, re- you didn't understand I have, his. No, I understand it. I didn't get that emotional pull from him. I could give a fuck less. Okay, and I'll tell you what. When, when I get to Black Panther, I'll, okay. I'll, we okay. can discuss that. So okay, so eight Spider-Man Homecoming. I may that could. I mean, I could switch it with the next two because nine. I have Guardians Volume Two, which I honestly believe Guardians One and Two. They're the same movie. Number ten was Captain America: The First Avenger. I've watched that movie. I really, because I'm a fan of Chris Evans. I've really liked what he's done with the character. I'm a fan of Rich Evans. <laughs> so am I. Because <laughs> we both know that. Ri- <laughs> yeah, we like. both know that Rich Evans' laugh can cure cancer. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. it's it's a thing. Eleven. And he can predict bad movies. Very true. Number eleven, Doctor Strange. Again. I watched Doctor Strange. Iron it, Man on Acid. Yeah, it was Iron Man on Acid on Mushrooms. We've seen it before. DNT. I've seen it before. I wasn't necessarily impressed. Twelve was Black Panther. So you, this. So now we're. Where Where is your line where you're saying that like you're not really enjoying these movies? Fourteen to nineteen. Oh, so you have a big list of movies. You yeah. Didn't like. Well, I, I like have like two. No, I have. I have. <laughs> What I liked in the beginning, and then over time, I've come to dislike them. Oh, okay. 
Black Panther. Black Panther is an anomaly for me because honestly, I can't justify putting it anywhere because I didn't hate the movie, nor did I like the movie. I really liked it. No, I thought there was a lot of things I could have done. Well, it, for CG. CG aside, the, the, the technical aspects aside, storyline-wise, I could have done a lot more that would satisfy me. But I'm very particular when it comes to this. Because you're a comic book nerd. Not so much, but there's a <laughs> lot of things that they touched on with Black Panther. They touched on the idea of a society that the, the tradition and technology, tradition and progress coexist simultaneously, but they never... And isolation. Isolation. Those three things can't like pick one, right? Or 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 pick two. (laughs) Pick two. Because if they chose to go with the whole technology and tradition path, I can make an argument for that. I can see where they can be technologically advanced, but still hold on to some of their tradition. So they, you know, it it reminds them of who they are and where they came from. I can completely see that, and I can make an argument for that. I can make an argument for their for the hereditary monarchy, and it. And those aspects I really liked, and I wish they would have gone into that more as opposed, you know. But again, you I wanted to see the hospitals. I just want the, the, the hospitals argument. <laughs> yeah, I just <laughs> I want to see know more about the town. Yeah, I want to know about more about Wakanda. I want to see more more of them dealing with like day to day shit. I want to see how exactly they were able to mesh this idea okay. and whether or not it could actually work. That's fair, but at the same time, you also had to you also had to explain Killmonger. Well, no, there no, probably no, wouldn't I, have been enough time. I, no, Unless no, no. you wanted to make like a director's cut, like Watchmen. No, the, cut it, thing. What it's I like want, hours what I wanted to see, <laughs> couldn't be done because there would be a very minuscule amount of people who would want to see what I wanted to yeah. see about Wakanda. Everyone else just wants to see the all black cast doing their thing, you know, and it did what it did. But for me, I'm watching. I'm like, okay, I, I don't hate this. The, some of the accents were a little thick, and it's it was really difficult to understand. Um, well, I work with Africans. I've, I've worked with Africans for like 10 years. so I'm, Well, yeah, if you can pick that up. But I'm just saying some, maybe it was some of the audio specifically. Like, uh, what's the actor's name who played Black Panther? There was a couple of lines. He's from North Carolina, if I recall correctly. But regardless, his, the, his specific acting accent for T'Challa was difficult to hear it sometimes. Maybe it was just the cut. I had of the movie, even though it was a from the library. It was a library, but it was, it was a 1080 cut. Okay, so it, it was like DVD quality or or uh, Blu-ray quality. But there was still some of some of the dialogue was garbled. Didn't necessarily get that from him in Civil War. So it may have, I don't know. It could have been a technical glitch, kind of like the whole 90 CG or the early 2000 CG they used on some of the. The scenes, PlayStation Two, that yeah, was rough the movie. Well, there was. Said. It was like it was like watching clips from 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 reboot, <laughs> from like uh, from a PlayStation Two game. There was, there- and you know what? Infinity War had the same problem. Like the part Hulk. with Hulk was oh, in the God. suit. God, what the part with Hulk when he was in when the Iron Man suit? There's a reason why he's in the Iron Man suit. Um, was it the Hulkbuster suit? The, the Hulkbuster suit. Hmm. He was in the Hulkbuster suit. But like when when he took the helmet off and he was just walking around the suit with his actual head popping out, it looked like crap. There was it looked like something you would see on like a YouTube video. Yeah. Okay. So the first scene, or no, the the battle, Mister Dabberton. (laughs) (laughs) Oh fuck that! Fuck that guy. (laughs) Anyways, go ahead. (laughs) No. Okay. So do you remember the um? It was uh, what was the challenge scene when um. When T'Challa's ready to be kind of crowny, they're asking for challengers from the from the various tribes before Umbaku comes up. Well, they did a pan, right? So 
there was the waterfall and you had the the blue sky to the right and you had the the uh was it the mountain cropping or whatever where the tribes were to the mm-hmm. left that looked fine the tribes and, and everything that was all cg that all looked fine but then when you look to the right and you see that sky it's pixelated as fucking hell hmm. i'm like seriously how how on the fuck can you miss this yeah, they, they, i think a lot of i think i think the explanation is that they pulled people from that team for the for black panther to work on infinity war because there was a lot of visual effects that were going on in that movie, no. in, uh, and in IMAX format, they shot the whole movie in IMAX. Well, no, I, I understand that, but why? If, if this movie's supposed to be so important, whether it be culturally or because um, I think thematically, they it was a yeah. I think they thought it was a gamble. That because think about it, T- T'Challa himself is an interesting character. I, I I will not deny that. But who knew about Black Panther before Civil War? Like. N- Oh. You because you read comics. No, I, the only reason why I knew is because I saw Matt Pritchard talk about it on Facebook a couple of years before. Any, anyone when who there was originally talks about there there being a Black Panther movie, and he was and someone and someone was there was the whole debate about whether or not Danny Glover should be oh uh, T'Challa. No, no, Danny Glover should be Spider Man. Oh right, 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 and, and, do, and do the Miles Morales. Yeah, story someone line. brought up like like Black Panther as an analogy, and he was like, "No, you don't understand. A white person can't possibly play fucking Black Panther. It's not possible. No, it's <laughs> they, not. They would have to be a black actor. It would make no sense. Yeah, because they it would completely if you actually go with the chronologically of the character. I don't remember what they were saying about it, but well, the character specifically was the first black superhero. Period. You know. Right. And so histori- and historically, Black Panther has significance for those reasons. Yeah. I heard someone else say that, like, why would they name a character after that, you know, after that racist movement? And, like, that I don't know if I buy the argument that's racist. The new, the new Black Panthers, yeah. Um, but the old Black Panthers, they named themselves after the comic book character, not the other way around. Was it? Yeah. Because honestly, I thought it was – I thought the comic – Comic came out in sixty one. When did the Black Panthers come out? Like late sixties. Okay, that was it was during the whole hate Ashbury thing, which was late sixties. Okay, yeah. So regardless, I mean, Black Black Panther isn't phenomenal. It doesn't deserve the hype it does because there there were some story elements. Oh, and. Something. I don't know. Michael B. Jordan fucking Killmonger was a great fucking villain. No, and no. they were they were carrying that in that tradition, like you said, with Homecoming, where where the bad guy actually has a no. relatable reason. No, he's he, not just like I'm a bad guy. I'm going to smash the good guys. No, he does. No, it, it, it does. It's just that. Well, Killmonger's too thuggish for me because. <laughs> You're reaching. <laughs> I, I am. I am reaching. What, but what I'm saying is, the movie as a overall isn't as good as people say it is. But it's not. It's nowhere near terrible. It's a solid middle. And on, it was better than what you expected it was going to be. I had no expectations. Okay. Because okay. I remember you were originally like, I don't want to watch it. No, all, I didn't want to watch all the it. Politics around it. Right. So Which, I, I, I will admit, when when things get political like that, it's like, dude, it's a fucking superhero movie. Calm down. Right, and it which is me off which is why show. I didn't want to watch it for the longest time. Now everything's died down. Now people' attention has gone elsewhere. I'm like, okay, now let me visit this and give my true opinion. Yeah. I'm like, some of it was great. I mean, they had a little bit of comedy there. I mean, was it necessarily forced or not? I don't know. I don't think so. I, I, I think some of it. I think a lot of the dialogue was organic. I necessarily didn't like. That's your list. Yeah. 
<laughs> All right, no, I got it. It's mine now. It's yours. You, you, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm. This is my property now. <laughs> so where did we leave off? Black Panther. Uh, Black Panther. So you like you like Black Panther better than the original Avengers? Because that's the next one on your list. Thirteen. When yeah, because I go back and look at it. I mean, I've watched the original Avengers so many times. Maybe it's because the Black Panther is newer. But there, there are definitely qualities of Black Panther I absolutely love because it calls to me or to my ideology specifically. Oh, wow. You have Incredible Hulk really down on your list. Yeah. I, yeah. We'll go ahead. Okay. Um, so 14 is Thor. Thor the, orig- the first Thor I thought was good. Nowhere near as great. It's not bad. It, well, yeah, okay. So it's not bad, but it's not great, but it's not Thor Ragnarok. Thor Ragnarok completely changed Thor as a character. And it changed it in a good way. I really liked because Thor Ragnarok actually because uh, or Taki or uh, what? So it changed your your. But I think I think Thor what Thor you, Ragnarok. What you do, what, a tea? Yeah, Thor Ragnarok. Ragnarok actually took and made the character what he was in the comics. He was more kind of the comic relief in a way. The Kiwi, the Kiwi director who did. Uh, we live, or was it? We live in the shadows. That's going to drive me nuts unless I figure out what that dude's name is. Taika Watiti. Uh, ta- is it Taika? Watiti. What Taika Watiti? But dude, if you watch any of the behind-the-scenes footage of that, you realize that he's just a general, a generally fun guy. Yeah, his other movies doesn't it, like his 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 directorial list does not make any sense why he would. Like it's things like no. They asked. They asked him why do you take it? Why do you do it? I mean, because some they they picked him. It's like, well, why don't you do this? He's like, okay. And he honestly thought that Thor Ragnarok was going to kill his career. He was ready to retire after Thor Ragnarok because he didn't think it was going to be any good. And then it blew up. It was great. It was great. Yeah. Futile attraction. What was the one they did with the um the vampires? Yeah. Uh, was it what we do in the shadows? Yeah, what we do in the shadows. <laughs> that was that was a. How, how did you go? How do you go from like movies like that to like a fucking Marvel movie with all kinds of CG and shit? Right. He well, know what he said. He he had said that it normally in his in his movies because he does small budget kind of low key shit. He does maybe he's used to about a month of filming. And he wraps it up. Thor Ragnarok took eight months, and he's like, my. God, the fucking stress I was under was insane. <laughs> yeah, but if you go back and watch some of the behind the scenes or some of the interviews they did with him, you get to find out a whole, you know, some interesting stuff about him. And it's yes, you're 16 and 17 is bullshit, but we'll get into that. Then you have under that under Thor, Thor one. I'm glad that you put Dark World last. Though I will, I will no, I, that, that that's the only thing I agree with you I, on. I, that movie was absolute horseshit. <laughs> the movie was dog shit. And the um, the only the only redeeming quality of that movie was Christopher Eccleston, who played the ninth Doctor in Doctor Who. The re- when it when it first came out, he only did one season, and then he's like, "Fuck it, I'm done." And then later on, he's like, "Yeah, I'm in, I'm going to be in Thor: Dark World." I'm like, "What? <laughs> what the fuck?" I'm like, "Okay." So, Age of Ultron is what you have under Thor fifteen. Age of Ultron should honestly be on, should be lower. Age of Ultron was okay. absolute shit. It was just it, I wouldn't say it was shit. It was just boring as fuck. It was like a trudge to get. No, through. going back. Okay, Vision is not the the way they devised him. It's just it's just not interesting. He's just boring as shit. 
it just age of well, and I'm wondering if I age, could not. I'm wondering if Age of Ultron actually kind of fit that whole sequel slump, like you know, probably. I mean, even though it was done by Josh Whedon, I found out there was a ton of content that they actually that the studio made Josh cut that dealt a lot with Thor's visions that dealt with Thor Ragnarok and all this. And there's probably another good hour that they cut out. Yeah. But you have Iron Man two over Iron Man three. That's your 16 and 17 is Iron Man two. 17 is Iron Man three. And to be honest, why, why <laughs> would you think that Iron Man two? No, honestly, that, that may have been just that may have unless been... you have some sort of bias to say, protect the the Mandarin. No, so my bias against the Mandarin, I've rethought it. I'm like, had they gone, had they kept Ben Kingsley's, gone with the you know do a traditional Mandarin, don't make him you know not make they obviously changed him from being Chinese to uh, Afghani or whatever, but make him a serious character. Don't I think they are. A little late for that. No, I think they are. But if they would have kept his Mandarin, I think they might have just, may, may have turned that to be a what is it called <laughs> a, rec, a retcon? No, like he the whole the whole thing about oh I'm just an actor. He may have just no. There's not Cause, no. Cause it's they did, not. They did some like short. There's a short. Like there's yeah. a short that the real Mandarin and his people break into the prison to where Ben Kingsley, the the actor Mandarin, is to try to kill him. It doesn't happen or whatever, and it's um, all hail the shorts called All Hail the King. Yeah, and it, and it says yeah, okay, so this isn't the real Mandarin. I seen it, that there's a real one, but had they actually just never done that, kept Kingsley's Mandarin as a legit Mandarin and gone a completely different route, but kept it kept him serious and legitimate, I would have said okay, but they didn't. But I'm not the only one who feels that way. A lot of people, and the reason yeah, why I don't, care, I don't, I don't really care because I didn't read the comics. So the the fact that like it was all building up to be like just a giant McGruff, MacGuffin almost <laughs> was worth it to me. It was it was fucking amazing, and he was funny at the very end. Well, no, I, he was legitimately like like terrifying at the beginning. Like you're just like, oh shit, this guy is fucking yeah, he's legit. People explode and <laughs> what the fuck is happening? And then it's just like, oh, he's just some fucking actor. Yeah, but. <laughs> Just, to be honest, what it drink and bang chicks. What it did was it combined an old adversary of Tony Stark, which I read in the comics with the whole extremist storyline, which I had stopped reading long before the extremist or extremist uh, thing had even I come. Know, I don't know what you're yeah. speaking. Okay, so do you remember um, no. Guy, Guy Pierce's character that actually created that 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 chemical that actually turned people into living yeah. weapons? Well, that is a that's a, a storyline separate from the long like separate from the Mandarin completely. Okay. So they, the the fact that they combined. Why, why those, would you say that Iron Man two was better than that? I, I don't care because I like Mickey Rourke, <laughs> but he was terrible in it. Whiplash was I could again. I was a character I didn't care about. To be honest, Mickey Rooney. It, it, <laughs> yeah, Mickey Rooney. Did Did you like that picture? I posted? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, sorry, we're never going to let that go, Jeremy. And it, it, that joke's going to come up again too in the CGY podcast. It was great. I was listening to it. I'm like, oh, I got to, I got to fucking tweet this and see if I can actually pull the joke. And I did. But no, honestly, I, th- I thought it was so just. In, like, my, in my opinion, if Iron Man in two and three can be completely retconned and just completely just erased from existence, cool. Just give me the first Iron Man. 
because I used to have a huge, okay. a huge hard on love for Tony Stark and Iron Man when I was a kid. Well, once I really started looking at Civil War, and since my political situation had switched since then, I became very anti Iron Man. Okay, and then you have, which I completely disagree with. I thought it was a good movie. Like I, I was expecting it to be bad. You have um, the Incredible Hulk. The Incredible Hulk is your second to last. Because I've never been a Hulk fan, even though, um, what's his name? I've never been like a Hulk fan when it comes to like media. I don't really like the character is interesting. God, what the fuck? But I don't think that he makes for a great that he makes for a great main character. No, he really. does. He doesn't. But even still, I thought they did a, a decent job. It was it, granted it was with Edward Norton and not Mark Ruffalo. Well, actually, Edward Norton, Mike, Mark. Whatever. Yeah, Mark Ruffalo. No, Edward Norton wanted Rooney. He (laughs) Edward Norton. I actually found out as Thor. (laughs) (laughs) Edward Norton wanted to be the Hulk. He wanted to play Banner in Avengers. Yeah, and because I guess the read like you know movie didn't do that well. Well, no. Okay, one. It actually did better than they thought. Edward Norton wanted to play. Banner, but because Edward Norton's such a difficult actor to work with, um, the studio want and didn't want to pay that, so they chose Mark Ruffalo and went that route. But Edward Norton said he wanted in the Avengers he wanted to play the Hulk. It seems like they're just ignoring that movie though. It's canon. Know. The the movie the, the Incredible Hulk is canon. Yeah, but it seems like they're just ignoring it. Well, no, they are. And they're never and from everything I've looked at, because when they were talking about a potential Planet Hulk movie and Thor, you know, Thor or Planet Hulk storyline in Thor started digging and found out that yeah Marvel's never going to do an actual Hulk movie because one the CG costs so fucking much and there's not even though there are a lot of hardcore Hulk fans out there they are separate or different from the actual moviegoers Mm. so they can't they can't justify yeah and what's his name um fuck God damn it. I can't remember either of them now. Um, Abomination. Who the fuck guy played Abomination? No, oh, he was the same. Oh, God. Tim, fucking, Tim Roth. Yeah, Tim Roth. Fucking, I was say, he was in Mr. fucking Orange. Pulp, pulp Fiction. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but he was probably better known than them. Actually, Tim Roth, is, uh, I, I followed when I was he's working. Been a, he's been a lot of Tarantino no, films. Right, but he's also done a lot of other stuff like Rosencrantz and Gildenstern are dead. Four Rooms. Dude, that's a, <laughs> Rose, Rosencrantz and Gildenstern is a great fucking movie. But yeah, I used to be on a Tim Roth kick like back when I worked at a movie or a movie rental place in Tucson. And then of course Dark World. I I can't find any explanation why anybody wants to just I don't know Chris Duckman did a review and he was like, "Oh, this movie's great." I went back and watched it just to see him try to bash it cuz I just love watching when people bash that movie. And he didn't bash it. He was like, "It's really great. It's fast." I was like, "How is it fucking fascinating? It was boring as hell." Story didn't make any sense. Well, it did. It did in the greater context. But if you were dealing with kind of like the galaxy era, like if you had Captain Marvel and the Guardians of the Galaxy, and and you're doing that, like if Thor: Dark yeah. World came out now, now that you've introduced people to that, it'd probably do better. No, it was bad. I I was I had to watch it in two parts. I'm get take up with I had, a, I had a battlefield Earth it really. <laughs> Oh god! I had to force myself to watch it. It was really bad. It wasn't as bad as Battlefield Earth. Let me just get that. <laughs> there was, there was. I think there was no Marvel movie that I would say was terrible, except for that one. But I would not put it in the same realm as Battlefield Earth. 
There's a special spot in hell for Battlefield Earth. Yeah. It didn't have Dutch angles the whole movie. That yeah. Was, that but was, so that that immediately makes it better. <laughs> I mean that that's mine. I mean Spider Man Homecoming, it can it could switch a lot of places. I mean I liked and Captain and Captain America the first Avenger. I love Hugo weaving as the Red Skull. I thought that yeah, was Yeah, but great. it'll never happen again. No, it won't. You're just gonna get an Im- imitation of Hugo Weaving. That's it. Right. Do you know why? Because he can't stand the makeup. Yep. He couldn't, he couldn't. I mean, and then, yeah, he just like the, the, the amount of makeup was like, nope, I'm done. Yeah. But still, at least we had one Red Skull and he did a great job, you know, and I thought it He's was still a, alive. Yeah. And I th- yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you that. Uh, that's not, that's not a spoiler. I'll tell you that he's still alive. Yeah. Because I heard he makes an appearance in, in Infinity War. Yeah. So yeah, they could bring, they could bring him back at, at any point. I mean, honestly, they could do a CG a CG of Red Skull and just have Hugo Weaving voice it. Yeah, but they're not. He does, it seems like he doesn't want to do it at all. They actually have someone who does someone from The Walking Dead or something who's, who's doing the voice. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. And I, I thought it was him. I thought it was Hugo. I was like, oh, shit. Hugo came back? Yeah. Nope. Or looked, I was watching during the credits and I was like, oh, it's, it wasn't Hugo Weaving. No, then they got, they got a guy to do a good enough job to imitate him. Yeah. I mean, that, no, that's cool. I mean, it's bound to happen. Like, they changed... Uh, they changed a couple things, like what Thor. There's no more Jane. I mean, yeah, they broke up. Yeah, they, now, they they officially broke up. I think that was really kind of like a, a nod to the fact that like we're done with that. Well, no, Thor but kind of fish out of water story. Right, but so, no, so. it it completely. If you want, go back and rewatch Thor Ragnarok. It completely retcons one and two. Yeah, I mean, it just completely and yeah. it tosses it, it insults, out. Insults it. Yeah, it's, it's a blatant. Well, it's not blatant, but it's. It's if you understood like what was going on with that whole thing, you kind of go like, oh, yeah, thank well, you, yeah. Not not to not to insult Natalie Portman, like Natalie Portman's awesome. Everything she did was great. She was probably one of the saving graces of uh, V for Vendetta. I can't stand that movie now. I used to love it, and then I read the comic, and I'm like, oh fuck, you. <laughs> yeah, well, you can you. Can. How could you turn that story into a, a, a slight against Bush? Like it, those, those regimes were completely night and day polar opposite. Yeah, well, you Bush can, was terrible, but would I rather have the the Bush version of that government versus the straight up white supremacist neo Nazi version of that government? Oh yeah, I'd take the Bush any day. Yeah, but get you know who executive produced that movie? Wachowskis. No, I thought the Wachowskis directed it. No, the executive produced it. Someone else directed it. Um, I don't know about all that. If they did direct it, then well, well, Google it. Great that's to, what the internet to Google. It's just to um. Whoa, I'll be damned! You were right. Yep, could have swore that was a Wachowski movie. No, it wasn't. That one thing you, the way they put the credits, the Wachowski numbers are. They're, oh, they're the producers, right? The producers, but their names are pretty close to the beginning, so you think they direct it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was like, ah, huh. oh, I told you about where the uh, the famous uh, club scene from and the second uh, Matrix came from, from the Wachowskis. No, Wachowski brothers used to write for Dark Horse, or it was either Dark Horse or it was something else, but they used to write or draw the old Hellraiser comic, the Clyde Barker Hellraiser comics. Which is, if you go back and you look at that scene, you can see so much stylistic influence from the Hellraiser series to. Hmm. To the Matrix, which I thought was interesting, because even 
when I was dating my ex-girlfriend, she, she loves Clyde Barker. And so I went on this crusade to get like every Clyde Barker comic graphic novel that he ever wrote and produced. So I was on eBay a lot. Regardless, I bought this one graphic novel for Hellraiser. It was like one of the collections. And I look at it, I'm like, Wachowskis? I'm like, well, shit, this is what they were doing before they did The Matrix. Yeah, well, that's when they were the Wachowski brothers. Yeah. Now they're the Wachowski sisters. They both switched? Yep, they're both switched. Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> Couldn't happen to a better couple. Uh, convincing, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Who's their own, I guess. I don't get seriously, and then they're yeah, both, they're now Lily. They're probably going to freak freak out and just end up killing themselves. Lily and Lana. Whatever. Well, whatever you want to do with your life, that's fine. I don't think they've made anything that I've liked. <laughs> to be honest, well, I mean, originally I did like The Matrix, and then I then I watched it again. And that you know, I that. did love I did love Speed V for Vendetta. Yeah, I did love V for Vendetta just because I'm a huge Hugo, Hugo Weaving fan. But I do have a copy of the graphic novel, which oh, they wrote the they wrote the screenplay and they were the producer. Yeah, Speed Racer was terrible. I don't even know what an assassin is. Cloud Atlas, it looked interesting, and then I watched it and I was like, this Cloud Atlas was what an anime, right? No, uh, and then <laughs> Jupiter Ascending was fucking dog shit. <laughs> I vaguely remember that sovereign citizen guy saying something great uh, he, about. Yeah, he says it's great. He's objectively wrong. Oh, but, oh, they they do they did Sense Eight. I heard nothing but great things about that. So, um, I you know honestly maybe their heyday of of doing the Matrix. You know that was this is just stick to making shows. Or st- movies aren't for them. Or stick to graphic novels. Oh, um, they did enter the they they direct directed the the Enter the Matrix game. I actually enjoyed that game. I don't know. A lot God, of I remember playing that on PS2. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Not a fan of the Wachowskis. Not a fan. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I did mention going if we're heading back to the, the MCU. I would say because now the MCU seems to be not centralizing, but kind of closing in on the on the directors that they want on their 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 at least their blockbuster movies, like the single one offs, like maybe the Ant Man movies or, or Black Panther. You know, they maybe the directors of those can actually find their own style, but the hits like the Russo brothers put out with their movies, and then with what James Gunn's put out with Guardians and then uh, Toddy or uh, was it Ta- Taki what <laughs> Toddy Wachiti Yeah Toddy what what he did with Thor Ragnarok is fucking amazing though I don't ever think he'll do another Marvel movie which is sad because Hold on, let's find out <laughs> because let's let's be honest Korg is a great fucking character yeah. Taika Waititi Taika Waititi Taika Waititi Waititi yeah, the Kiwi. <laughs> yeah, the Kiwi. I love how it has a pronunciation guide. Taika Waititi. Taika Waititi. Oh, thank you, Wikipedia. Get out of here, ghost. <laughs> it's like, no, 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 no. More specifically, it was piss off, ghost. Uh, piss off, ghost. And then, he kicks, <laughs> and then he kicks the wall. I'm like, that is fucking brilliant. <laughs> because it's the most avalanche <laughs> weird shit. Oh. Uh, no. Oh, what was champion. it? 
No, what, what was the bug's name? I don't remember. Meek? <laughs> oh, yeah. So, Meek, what planet are you from? Oh, Meek's dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was he was on the ground and I stepped on him. <laughs> oh, he's alive. What did you say, bro? <laughs> <laughs> that, uh... Yeah. You know, and I heard that Korg nor... We can rebuild it. We can rebuild it. <laughs> Everything will be great. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> So there, I had heard since I haven't. I've heard a lot of people. T- they tell me about the movie. So I put some things together. The end. The ship. That, should we, should, have you been? Has it been completely spoiled for you? Not completely. Not like scene by scene, okay. but so some of the base. Well. Some of the basic stuff. Like if you watch Thor. Well, Ragn- spoiler alert. Okay, but I, I think if you if you cared, you you by the by now. Yeah, you've already you've, you've already, already seen watched it, it or, or you can logically it, so. put shit together like. All the memes. The ship that you see in the end of Thor Ragnarok is Thanos' ship. I mean, shit, I put that together. I'm like, okay. And then they say that Korg and Valkyrie are not among the living, but they're not among the dead, nor are they really mentioned. Well, there's a reason. There could be a reason for that. Either, you know, they, they come back maybe either they are alive or they are dead, but then they're brought back. But I'm already thinking contract disagreements. No, tai, tai no I'm, just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just listening to how wrong you are. Go ahead. Really? So Korg makes an appearance in the movie. So Valkyrie makes an appearance in the movie. You're going to be so disappointed in this. <laughs> well, tell me yes or no, because I had heard. No, you're some, on your own. You're on your own. Okay. <laughs> Because someone else who had someone else who had seen the movie had said that yeah Cor- I'm, I'm I'm wanting to go and watch it with you tomorrow <laughs> or today <laughs> now <laughs> just to be like just to watch your reaction to it because <laughs> you don't know you just don't know and what would happen if it was stone faced apathy mm. it's not no my no cry. my face you're gonna cry really because. You're gonna cry. I was actually happy to hear that a lot of people fucking die, like they should. So we'll see who. But well, who knows? Because there's there's people that die who are slated to have their own movies soon. So yeah, we'll see. So, not so, to give so, away any spoilers. I guess we're getting no spoilers. <laughs> so 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 tell me about this little bitch fest with Doc with Doc. Dapperton, no, the douche. Him. He's a fucking idiot. yeah, the douche. <laughs> He's a fucking moron. Um, I you know I, it's always interesting. Like when I when I hear people say that I'm an idiot, for some reason they just can't spell your when they when they call me an idiot. Like Y O U apostrophe R E. Yeah, like, they don't know how to spell your. Which, but I mean, like I get the whole like Michael Malice, you're welcome thing. I get it, and I use it too. The whole kind of like, oh, you misspelled something, therefore your argument's incorrect. But if you're going to insult somebody for for being stupid, at least spell it right. <laughs> I, I will say that because it's it's so fucking ironic. the <laughs> The other thing is is um, we imposed irony <laughs> every single time. And I saw uh, Bill Bupert get in an argument with the school teacher on my Twitter feed, <laughs> and. The this alleged school teacher was like telling him, like you you wouldn't you wouldn't survive a day in my class. Like you don't understand how hard my job is. 
and like teaching these kids and, and giving them a quality education. And the whole time she's like misspelling things and saying the wrong your. And it's worth pointing that stuff out, considering that she's claiming to be an educator who's educating your kids, yet she can't spell your. So what what would I think that's valid? I, I, I'm, I'm I'm curious to hear what uh, Bill's responses were. Oh, was uh, did he tear her apart, or are you just like yeah, he was tearing? He was no, he wasn't tearing her apart. He was tearing apart the educational system, and he was pointing out that. Like you're an educator, you're supposed to be teaching these kids like grammar and English, and you can't even employ it yourself correctly. Why should you be in charge of it? Or why should and, you? And be it's taken funny because seriously? I've experienced this a couple of times arguing with teachers on Twitter, and for some reason, a lot of them can't spell. And what it always usually boils down to is. And th- this is what I tweeted, and he ended up retweeting it. It was like um, every time I get in an argument with a teacher about public education, there are, it usually comes back as your spelt y o u y o u r. You're an idiot. Um, come teach t e e c h t e s h my class. What? Yeah, that's what I. That's what it boils down to every okay, time. I, 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 I might be able to forgive the your, but the teach. No, that that's what I was saying that they say. So oh. I, don't, I don't think they've ever spelled teach that way, but it was it was clear that honestly, my it point it was that they can't me. spell. Yeah, they can't spell. They can't. They can't even make like coherent arguments. It's always like you. You could never teach my class. I'm like, yeah, probably. That doesn't make you a good teacher. Because you're like, you can function day to day in one particular job. Doesn't mean you're actually good at it. Like I work with people who are not good at their jobs. Well, let me give you an example. And I know that you probably wouldn't last a day. Well, that doesn't mean that that they're good at what they do. I, no, <laughs> and I have a perfect example yeah. of this. Working at Amazon, it's not fucking easy. In fact, it's it's yeah. it, it's a simple job, but the metrics and how how fast you have to work at a constant basis, people will burn out. And like, get that teacher. I'm like, do what I do for a day. Yeah. Do what I do for a day. Fuck, do what I do for two weeks and keep the consistent metrics that I keep. That's not fucking easy. And it's, you know, even Jeff you know Bay- I would make a terrible psychic. <laughs> but that doesn't mean that you're a great one. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. It's like even they're all bullshit. <laughs> even when I, when I was digging yeah. on the the history of Amazon and you know the the, the bad shit people would say about it, sifting through the is that art- true? Is that true? Like you have to pee in water bottles? Well, there's a difference because that so that report specifically was in Britain. I and it may be site specific, but I could see where some people would do that because they're so fucking paranoid about being what they call time off task. Okay. Because everything because everything's measured from the moment you clock in, you're timed on doing a set, you know, activity and you have to keep okay. so you always have to keep busy. Like you have maybe because everyone's got like a hand scanner, right? And so you maybe have three to five minutes buffer in between actual scans. So if you scan an item, put it in a bin, then you scan it, you then have three to five minutes to do the same thing with the next item. And then anything after that is what they call time off task. You accrue X amount of time off task. You get your write-ups. Then you get fired. And oh, okay. So, but again, those metrics, because those are constantly playing in the back of your head, and you're always kind of, if you're really anxious about it, you're always going to be freaked out. I'm like, well, am I going to get written up? I'm going to get this. Am I, you know? Yeah, I think, I think that has to do with kind of just any kind of major corporate. Like anytime like a company gets too big, it starts becoming like a bureaucratic government 
no. type inefficiency or oh, oh, like trying to like stop. You're trying to maximize efficiency in the most efficient way possible. Yeah, you're trying to it's squeeze. Not that, it's not that. It's not good. Right. Right. <laughs> the problem with Amazon is they're trying to, to maximize and squeeze the utmost amount of efficiency out of a human being. And you can only do that so long from uh, before the person burns out. Yeah. And then you fire. I mean, that's why it's like Amazon employees are a dime a dozen. They really are. I mean, they really are. A lot of the criticisms against Amazon are true. Somehow, some way, I've been able to thrive in that environment because I know exactly what's expected. I mean, I know exactly how they operate, so I can beat them at their own game. Okay. But no, even Jeff Bezos said, like, when he first started, and this this is on record, and someone that he knew in college or whatever, or someone that knew him, came to apply. He's like, dude, this job ain't easy. And he's true. I mean, it may be a s- actual simplicity in how you do it, but the discipline and the metrics that you're held accountable for, that's the hard part. I could see that. But not only that, but Jeff Bezos, people like Jeff Bezos and all these huge like entrepreneurs that are like changing the world, probably for the worse, but whatever, they're changing the world, have like this insane worth ethic and they expect it upon everybody who works for them. Yeah. Like Jeff Bezos, like in order to get into Jeff, like people think that like, oh, you have to be lucky. Like, you know, if you Google was just at the right place at the right time or Amazon at the the right place at the right time. If you really think about it, like a lot of these companies were not at the right place at the right time. They were a lot of the time they were at like they were in the wrong place at the wrong time. But they they persevered because they had such a crazy worth work ethic and they had like a, a, a an understanding about dynamics of human interaction, be it in the marketplace or ideas or whatever. And they executed on those ideas. Well, you know, you know, Jeff Bezos worked on Wall Street, right? Yeah. So he worked the, on the, Wall- guy, the guy knows his shit. Like, I'm not saying that it's that it's a good thing. No. Dude, have you, have you, no, have you ever looked at his pedigree? I mean, you want to talk about a deep state agent? Yeah. Straight up? His Okay, so Jeff Bezos, Bezos isn't his real name. It isn't, okay, so his mom fucked some guy, got pregnant with, with Jeff, but then she went and then left, then married someone else, and then Jeff ended up adopting his new okay. adoptive father's name, which is, okay, so Bezos came from. So his adoptive dad... His grandfather worked for DARPA. So there's the whole deep state project or the whole deep state mm-hmm. at angle right there. He then goes to Harvard. I mean, he, he has, I mean, he, his mom married into fucking wealth. So he goes to Harvard, does his thing, then goes to work for Wall Street. Then he gets the business idea for Amazon, quits his Wall Street firm to move to Washington where he starts Amazon. And then it's just everything from there. Yeah. Yeah, but it drives me nuts when I hear when I hear people like, and and, and by the way, this wasn't just like lefties. I hear this from like all oh, these corporations. You know, they're just lucky. They just happen to be at the right place at the right time. They're really not. Like there was all kinds of search engines that were going on during those days. There was like Alta Vista. There was Hotbot. Excite. There was Excite. Ask Jeeves. There was all these companies, and they were all fighting for number one. And Yahoo is the one that ended up being dominant. But Yahoo was basically out. Uh, well, but but no, Alta but just a web crawler. Well, no, it was. But then, okay, so mergers happen. Yahoo bent was number one until Google came out. And then where the fuck's Yahoo now? I mean, I know people. Some people still use Yahoo for email. Yeah, 
even Hotmail. Hot yeah. Who the fuck still uses Hotmail? A lot of people use Hotmail. <laughs> is it really? Because I hardly. I mean, I see. I'm like, God, that that's archaic. Hotmail seems archaic, yeah. but having something like Yahoo or Excite or Alta Vista, that's extremely archaic. Yeah, Hotbot. I, that was my my search engine before Google. Uh, I did use Hotmail. No, no, Hotbot. Hotmail. Was... No, I know Hotmail was Microsoft, but I, I was on, it? Hotmail was Microsoft. Hotmail still is Microsoft. Yeah. No, it was, no, that was Google it hot right right now. I never heard of Hotbot, but Hotmail was Microsoft. I'm googling it right now. Okay, shut up, shut your whore mouth. Did they buy it from Yahoo? Hotmail was always Microsoft's own thing. Look up Hotbot because I never heard of it. Oh, uh, Hot Hotbot was something completely different. Yeah, hot. That oh, was Lycos. Oh, okay. Was it a subsidiary of Lycos? Yeah. Okay, because I remember Lycos. Carnegie Mellon University. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah, um, <clears throat> so like there was a bunch of them, but Yahoo was the one that was like, oh, just give us your cookies. Give us access to your cookies <laughs> and we'll make the internet search better. And that's what everybody liked because like, you could search for something, you could find it. Whereas Hotbot, I remember using Hotbot. It was easier for me to find the things that I was searching for directly. And in the nineties, that was the case. Like if you <laughs> used the search engine, chan- like oh, chances God. are, whatever you were searching for was on like the fifth or sixth page. Oh, God, you're you're talking you're talking about the nineties. <laughs> I I'm automatically it go so bad. go back to like GeoCities and Angel Fire and all those really bad graphics. Tripod and members.awl.com. Yes, yes, and Earthlink. Members. My, oh, my first website was Prodigy was, as was an email as an email members. service. Earth, no, my first first one was AOL. Then when we moved to Earthlink, I got on that because I could actually just use FTP and upload stuff. Um, yeah, my first main, my first real website was on members.earthlink.net, <laughs> then slash tilde, and then my username. Do you remember the original browser war? Oh, Netscape. And Netscape IE. and IE. And then Opera came around. Everybody was like, who cares? We got Netscape. <laughs> oh, God. Like, what, if you what? knew about it, you chose Netscape. Yeah, no, no, if I know. If you didn't know about it, you just had IE. And yeah, because be, be because of the monopoly that, uh, that Microsoft had at that time. Mm. It wasn't a the monopoly. Pseudo- I think more people, at the end of the day, were using Netscape. Maybe, maybe not. But we're talking. What, what but I think you would hate it, and then you'd be like, well, and then people would be like, why aren't you, why are you use, using Internet Explorer? Well, why don't you just use Netscape? I vaguely like, remember the whole antitrust. I mean, I didn't really pay attention, but I knew it happened. But I don't know yeah. why. I mean, was it because just that because IE it was, was bundled? bundled? Yeah, it was because right. it was bundled. Which, by the way, it seems like they don't care about it anymore because you can't get rid of Edge on Windows Ten. Yeah, that's why you gives a shit. That's why you don't use Windows. I swear I'm not using Windows. It's just a Windows shell. <laughs> Looking Windows shell. It's a theme. For it's Linux. a theme. So just run, just run a, a virtual machine. Ignore or... the Katana thing. Yeah, that's not there. <laughs> so just start using Ubuntu. You'd be all right. Yeah, but there's certain yeah. things I need. I, I need well, no, vidges. Actually, no, and, and that, a lot of my vidges aren't compatible with Linux. Well, no, I get that. So what I do is actually, and, I, and I have have a lot of trouble with compatibility with my video cards well, in Linux. Well, no, but no that, matter what distro I get. Actually, what I do is I specifically dual boot. Like I've got my main my main primary OS is how is it Ubuntu Mate because it, it's it's different. It's it's basically 
Ubuntu or Debian with the old Mate uh, UI. Oh, they brought it back. They got rid of... Yeah, Ubuntu Mate is actually really nice. They got rid of the other one. But then I dual boot... Unity? Yeah. They got rid of Unity. Fuck Unity. I hate the Unity interface. I tr- I really gave that the old college try. Really tried. Oh, that's, it's brutal. Yeah. Don't like it. Anyways, I dual boot, and then I have my Windows, which I got my games on, and that's pretty much it. And then, I've, I, then I have uh, access from... Ubuntu to be able to just patch into my Windows distro and copy shit over if I've got anything on there. But they're completely uh, fire or not firewalled, um, segregated, like OSs should be. Separate but equal, right? No, separate but not, <laughs> separate but not equal. I put about it, right? Yeah, I put more. I put more <laughs> faith in Ubuntu and, and Linux and everything else. In, and and I, I should get more on it, but it's it's. Because what ends up happening is I'll go on like a Linux kick and I won't use Linux for a while. Then it's like, but I need to use Vegas to render my my podcast. No, and and then that's that's what I do because from what I found, which I legally paid for, by the way. What I've found, and I've had to do that. So there's, I have Sony Vegas. I've got a cup uh, Photoshop because GIMP really difficult to use. It's not as good as Photoshop, and there's no quality. They just, they just upload. They have a new version out. That I heard it's better. Yeah, I don't know. I'll have to check it out. But they don't have a, a quality audio nor video editing software that I'm aware of that's as good audacity I don't I I've had issues with audacity that I can do stuff better in Vegas than I can in audacity so that's why I use that but it's a simple shop talk yeah but (laughs) but it is so uh, but it's simple since I have the dual boot and I can actually transfer things over from one system to the other I'll edit and render in Vegas, and then I'll just port it over to my Linux machine, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, it it deals with having to constantly reboot. I don't give a shit and keep them two separate, period. If it works, it works. For me, it does. Yeah, what I usually do is I, I, I do all the like actual audio work, like you know, compressing it, equalizing it, all that stuff. If there's noise, then I get rid of noise and audacity. And then I poured it over as a flack, like a high yeah. quality flack to Vegas. And that's where I piece in all the music and you know, yeah, intro I, clips and everything. Actually I do the same thing, but since I don't since I record my stuff live, I have no need to use Audacity, with the exception of the compression. I'll compress it and it export it as I do MP three size limits and then I just move over to Vegas and then do that way. Yeah, I like Vegas. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do too. It, Vegas works. I mean, if, if there... That's, that's kind of where I got my start in all this editing stuff was, well, I, when I was doing audio work, it was with analog, reel-to-reel. Yeah. So coming to digital, it was a completely different I mean, world. But I did want to learn how to edit video, so I was making YouTube poops, and that's how I learned how to edit videos. Yeah. Vegas and because is a great I'm so program. familiar with that layout, it's just easier for me to port all the audio in that way than deal with Audacity because Audacity can be a hassle. No, it does. So the first couple of episodes of Symtopia I did, maybe like the first two. I know I did the uh, Capitalismus episode and then Kurt and then your, your episode. I did an Audacity. I didn't like and especially didn't like the way I was I, – I couldn't specifically uh, manipulate – the intro, the intro music with it fading into the actual audience. So I'm like, fuck it. That's why I started asking you. I'm like, okay, I'll just start doing it in Vegas. So with Rodino and then with uh, Kingsley, I started doing it in in Vegas. 
hell of a lot easier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really is. So I'm like, okay, I'll just, just don't do any of the audio like fixing or correcting in, in Vegas because it sucks. No, um, the only thing I'll do is so sure the audio sounds good in Audacity, export it out in a high quality FLAC. So that way you're not degrading and then degrading it again with another encoding. Right. So you want to keep it as lossless as possible. Right. So basically the only thing I do on Audacity is I'll listen to it. And if it if it starts sounding good, I mean, the Kingsley episode, my, it, it's, I think it was the room we were in. It sounds airy. It, I wasn't impressed with the way it sounded, but I kept it anyways. I'll just use Audacity to compress and then I'll just pour it over to Vegas and work everything else. So I got my presets set in Vegas. I just need to port them. Mm. Yeah. Lulbert Shop Talk 101. <laughs> now we know how you do it. So in case you want to start your own podcast, here's how you do it. Yeah, get Vegas. And, and, and make sure, don't, don't, don't make the same mistake I did. Don't use SoundCloud. SoundCloud is fucking bullshit. Buy your own domain and learn how to upload your own shit. Now, it took me a little bit to actually do that, but I'm happy I finally did. Yeah. And now but, you know, but I, it, I have full control over it. But if it if it seems like, because it can be a hurdle, like Michael W. Dean has a, has a how-to on how to do it, and it's already out of date. Like, it was out of date like a month or two after he uploaded it. Like, all of the plugins he talks about. Go oh, yeah. <laughs> e- even if you go to the original Creamy Radio audio video, he's like, okay, this these plugins are not out of date. I mean, honestly, maybe we should do one. Yeah. Do, uh, set up another podcast and do it from scratch. Yeah. We'll, we'll do a it. fake podcast just to show how the video is done. Yeah. And, and just do it. And then once that becomes out of date, okay, we'll do another one. And if anyone wants to do it, yeah, let us – I mean, let Jim – and I finally struggled myself and I, I finally know – because I see like um, Nick is using Libsyn, David's using Libsyn. I'm like, eh, I don't want to have to depend on another hosting company. Yeah. I'd rather be able to, you know. If you want to trade up, like if you want to go from Libsyn to SoundCloud or vice versa, that's a pain in the ass getting your RSS up to update like that. Just if you host it yourself, I can transfer my domain to some other company. If I'm if I'm because I'm running through HostGator right now, and it's not going to be that way for much longer. Moving. Yeah, I ended up moving. I actually ended up. Oh, I started with Namecheap, and I'm happy with what. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Namecheap is, seems to be the best. So that's probably where I'm going to end up going. But um, you know, all these services, they'll be like, oh, we'll just transfer all your files over, and you know, all your SLQs and all your all, all that stuff, all your databases over, and it'll just be like seamless. Okay, fine, um, but it's you can't do that with an RSS. Like you can do, th- and the RSS feeds and everything will still work. It'll still link to the same spots, like through the URL. But if you do that with Libsyn or SoundCloud, and you transfer service, and oh, yeah. your your RSS feed is something you have on that site, it's done for. Like people will have to go and find you uh, somewhere else, and a lot of times. A lot of times people just think that you pod faded and just never bother to even look you up again or they'll just completely forget. Like, cause there's times where I'll notice that like, like it's not updating or whatever for some reason, like, you know, like Stitcher. I know a lot of people have like had this problem with Stitcher where they're subscribed to someone on Stitcher and Stitcher doesn't update. So they just think they pod faded and it's not until like a year later that they find out like, Oh, I missed like 50 episodes. There was well, one thing <laughs> so, that happened because I heard Thaddeus Russell that was on mixed mental arts. That's with uh Brian Kaplan, not Brian Kaplan. Maybe just, no, Brian yeah, so you did I, a show with Brian Kaplan. No, no, Brian Callen and, um, some very different people. Yeah, no, they are. 
But anyway, so they they were like on it like episode two something. I'm like, okay, cool. Listen to it. I'm like, wait, this isn't updating. So I actually went and checked the actual mixed mental arts RSS feed, and they're like on episode three fifty. Like, what the you know what happened? Well, they went behind a paywall. Like they're going almost exclusively Patreon based and the rss feed so podcast addict isn't updating that anymore so that's that's a dead end yeah and and you don't notice it no not at all so that's why i'm like just just host it yourself one it's cheaper because a lot of those like those domain services uh they have like unlimited storage quote unquote unlimited it's not really unlimited They'll um, they'll hit you. They'll hit you on like resources. So if like a lot of people are downloading it and it's over overbearing on the the system resources of your server, that's when they'll start charging you more. But even still, it's a whole like at least a quarter of the amount that you would pay well, for like SoundCloud. Right. But what I'm I'm more about is the actual technical skills. You're developing your own shit. Yeah. And uh, you know, granted, it may be bare bones basic, but you at least have a starting point and how to successfully run a website, right. host a podcast. You, those are tools you're built. You can add. But this is, this is why I want something like, well, even though this, this project is dead, like Bitcoin and the whole, the whole name thing that they were doing, something like Namecoin, but actually work. There needs to be something like that that comes into place. Because you you already know what happens if you know the FBI can shut down your domain, they can just take your domain. Yeah, there needs to be a foolproof way to protect yourself. Maybe Zencash would come up with something like that. Yeah, I, I think Zen would probably be the future for something like that. You know, maybe. I mean, I've got access to the the Zencash uh, Discord, and I've talked to a couple of guys who are actually running operations there float it by them see what they say yeah i mean either that or brian because he you know i wouldn't mind having lolberts.zen that'd be nice yeah <laughs> i, I <laughs> syntopia.zen I, yeah. I i could dig that because they're doing they're like was it domain fronting that's that's one of the avenues they're going into and there was if a, they can do the domains and i can just i if theoretically i could set up like you know like my laptop just to be a dedicated server and yeah. just and that way, I could just get rid of all my hosting sites, so long as my internet connection's running. It'll yeah, and, and that would be the only thing you have to worry yeah, about. My uptime would would probably drop a couple percentage points, but whatever. The, you know, maybe. I mean, I even I asked. I don't know. Brian hasn't necessarily responded to this tweet yet. This was. Have you listened to the latest one where it was talking about Google and Amazon both killed like domain fronting for Signal? I don't. I don't know what domain fronting is. <sighs> Yeah, I'm not exactly. I, I only got through like a little bit of that episode because I'm was, not exactly. Clear I was of the too busy tech. making dough for my pizza. Yeah, and the and, and the crust the crust is on point. So yeah. I give you that. I, 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 I fixed my pizzas. They don't look like Lunchables anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, someone said that my pizza looked like a Lunchable. I was like, it's not that bad. <laughs> I get it, but it's well, not that Lunchable, bad. Those are tiny. Anyways, so like a large Lunchable. Oh, large Lunchable. Edible Lunchable? No, now my pizza actually looks like fucking pizza. Mm. Let's get rid of those goddamn anchovies. You'd be all right. No. This ain't happening. Ah, you fail. No, I got, the, I got those life. rolled anchovies. I'm good. You can keep those rolled those rolled, the rolled fishy. anchovies are great because they're, they're just a little... One, you know, it fits in one bite, and it's got little capers in the middle. And capers are amazing. And I didn't know capers and anchovies were a good match. They are. <laughs> So I don't know the the tech specifics. Uh, I didn't put them on yours. So don't, no, okay. I know. 
All right. No, I don't know. I did make you a a pineapple pizza that was edible. Yeah, don't call that a fucking pineapple pizza. No, the the pizza is called pineapple doesn't go on fucking pizza. Ah, there we go. So that yeah. was that's the name that's of that the name pizza. Of the pizza. And the, the the key the reason why it's good is because it doesn't have pizza sauce on it. No, it's tomatoes it, and pineapple. Should I should I say what it, they don't what, go together. What it's a clone of? Yeah. yeah well, it's not a clone. It's, well, it's it's it, that's the premise it, that I'm starting. It took with. an inspiration from the Maui Zowie from, from Roundtable. Table. Yeah. Correct. No, so I don't know the tech specifics around domain fronting, but all I know is. In foreign countries, don't like Signal got shut down for their domain fronting from because of AWS and Google. And I'm thinking, well, maybe if they partnered with Zen because they're both dealing with encryption in a way, maybe it, that partnership would be beneficial. I didn't know, so I a- I actually asked Brian for his input on that. I asked him if it would be a beneficial Is partnership be on his Q and A. I hope so. I mean, I, I do. I mean, what do you enjoy more, the Q and A? Or Sovereign Tech Main? I, get, I honestly, I get bored with Sovereign Tech Main. I enjoy the Q&A. Because there's there's a lot of stuff. I wouldn't say I get bored with it. There's a lot of stuff. I do like the Q&A more. I do like the Q&A, but there's a lot of stuff I just don't want to know about. I mean, I know Brian's all about the tech and all that, but there's very specific things I want him to deal with or I want him to talk about or maybe well, that's why you need to ask some more questions. I heard he's down on questions. So I well, want to get a relationship wrong. But every time I ask a relationship promise question, it's usually bullshit. I did <laughs> like that whole that whole like the whole I had like this whole thing about how I met some girl at a noodle shop. Or, and well, it's because uh, you always, you always started with the fucking. And then it went on this thing, and then like they go, like I ended up go, inviting her back to my place, and we had a great time. Or then I went to her place, and we had a great time. And then the next morning, she she had cereal. <laughs> I was like, "What do you want for breakfast?" And she was like, "I want Reese's." And I was like, "What candy for breakfast?" And she's like, "No, it's a taste. It's just part of a Reese's Reese's cereal." And I was like, "Wow, candy for breakfast!" And I was like, "So basically, what's your favorite kind of wine or something like?" <laughs> like the story was completely irrelevant to the final question. <laughs> start, I, they were I, like, I think, I think this person is fucking around. <laughs> I asked. Um, I, I was, was actually like, on. No, I do want to be. I need to get my webcam working, but I do want to be on one of the his uh, Google Hangouts. Oh yeah, I just, I just every time I do well. No, the the, the problem is is because the time difference for me, like, because he hosts it so early, or it's. Late. It's usually like four o'clock in the afternoon when I'm but, asleep. Or right. Yeah. No, four no, four o'clock in the afternoon for him is like twelve or one o'clock for us. I'm like, I'm not even it's awake that night. early. Yeah, it's usually late night for me. My late night is is noon. No, it's like I, I usually get up around two. I'm like, if we can if you you know, slide it like that, I'd love to do a Q and A with him. I mean I was on there for the chat. I was at it's one of the chats I was just asking him a whole used bunch to of ask tech questions in the yeah. chat. Yeah. No, it's <laughs> great you <laughs> should be laughing it's like these aren't serious questions, no, but I'll answer them anyway. No, but it, it's a great time. I would I, I enjoy I would enjoy more of a one on one or maybe just a small group conversation with Brian than I enjoy that more than his general summon tech episodes. Yeah, yeah. His Patreon content it's worth the most part, oh, no, it's worth better. the money. Yeah. And I'll skip it's worth a dollar. And yeah, it's worth a dollar because that's all he's charging. I mean, he's being gracious for yeah. that. But <laughs> I'm looking, I'm like, there's some stuff I don't I don't care for. And I'll be honest, like the Star Trek Star yeah. Wars content. Yeah. I know he's all about that. Cool. I'm not. And he even says, if you don't like it, just skip him. I do. Okay. I mean, yeah. 
um, I haven't heard the new stuff with with uh, Robin with the Star Wars stuff yet. I but I, even but I'll listen to like the Star Trek one, and generally I just don't care about Star Trek, and it's interesting for me. But I don't know. I don't I don't care about either, but I know like but either he, way, his he, opinions on other things are just absolutely god awful. With the exception music. with the exception but, of, of Synthwave. You know what? Like, oh yeah, my god, I, I think I, there's something wrong with him because like I was because like he reviewed like three good albums in a row, and I'm like, are you okay? No, when is he, this when, a warrant? Can wait, 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 wait. <laughs> when he reviewed, are you when being he contacted rev- by the government, is wait, this your wait, wait, wait a minute? Tell me the truth. When he reviewed Perturbator, I'm like, oh, dude, he he he's there. He's yeah. fucking there, and he's saying that Ellen was the one introduced. I'm like, oh god, god, she's there too. I'm like, yeah. that's fucking great. I'm like, have you heard of Dan- the other one? Oh, no, I, no, it was Judas Priest before that, the new Judas Priest album. Yeah, it's fucking amazing. It's like probably one of their best albums, like ever. Well, no. So I asked Judas them, Priest. Like, they're still fucking. They're still rocking. Like on on Patreon, I asked him, like, dude, have you heard about Dance with the Dead? I fucking love them. He's like, dude, I just bought their entire discography. I'm like, oh, we've got to talk about <laughs> it. Fucking godly. And what was it? Um, uh, what was? It? And then and then I asked him about uh, Trap Mask Replica, and he actually liked it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> He has got to be in contact with government. I think this is his warrant canary. Like, I'm not listening to shitty music. Someone help. (laughs) I think this is warrant canary. No, so... so I think a lot of people would say that Trap Mask Replica is shitty music, and you're objectively wrong. It's all right. <laughs> I don't actually. I really don't care if people like it or not. That's not. No, that's it, not it, why it, I get it, people to listen to it. It should be listened to at least once or twice. Yeah. If not, or if, if you don't you re- like it, I don't care. I just want you. I would just want to know what you think about like what's going on with it. Oh, what was it like? You asked me like because I told you I was listening to it on the way when we were doing Giordano's that one day. He's like, "What do you think?" I'm like, "Well, I'm halfway through and." Yeah, I, I I can understand like the Zappa influence, or it sounds like something Zappa would do. There's more to it, but. It's not my thing. I mean, yeah. give, give me something like electronic. I, was like, I, don't, you know? I was like, I don't care. I don't care. If it's your thing. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't I don't care. care. If it's like, like it. No, I'm just like, <laughs> it's oh. not why I asked you to listen to it. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm just yeah. like, oh, okay. And I, I thought it was great that our April Fool's episode was just basically playing that album. Oh, you got you and, got. And the, people the, are still like, are they still <laughs> burned about that? My God, <laughs> people are still and no, like, and no one put. God damn it! No, and <laughs> no one put together like April Fool. Well, like, no, there was a lot of people who had, did. It was just that one person. Who, we got a May Fool that on fucking, May Fourth. Someone dude, commented that, like that troll. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's like. Uh, he was like, "This is bullshit. It didn't have anything about Antonopolis uh, and the in mu- this quote unquote music unquote." And I was like, "Okay, that was the only part that was triggering. You're calling it quote unquote put it, putting music in quotes." But yet, that person was actually actively looking for dirt on Andreas. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. "So fuck you, yeah, fuck you." It's like, dude, I, I've, I've met the man. I mean, yeah. he's like, he's, they're just looking for like, some because was- they they probably don't like Bitcoin or whatever, and he's a, such a good person and talking about it that they're trying to find some dirt on him to, to, <laughs> do you remember when he when we were there i don't know were you oh i know you weren't there it was it was uh i've never met him a lot you didn't you didn't meet him, him when he when he was here for uh freedom fest nope i could have sworn i introduced you or you or, probably did and i just don't remember because you know what because <laughs> you know how bad i am with remembering people's faces and names that that's true i was going by and saying I, hey here's so-and-so here here's and i was like from- who no but the, the best part was like there was a girl that I used to be subscribed to back in the day, and I ended up unsubscribing for whatever reason. I just got bored with her content. Uh, and then I ended up subscribing after we met, and I was like, okay, dude, you have got to learn how to pour beer. You uh, pour yeah. like Mike. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm no bartender. Whatever. Pour it slowly. You just don't dump it in. Anyways, um, 
And, yeah, and I was I was sitting there talking to her. And Life we were talking goals, about how Bear to pour Wake. beer. <laughs> we were talking about Bearwick, and I, I thought he was a con artist, and she was like, well, and she was like, she was entertaining it. She was like, but she was still kind of skeptical, which, which is a healthy kind of thing. But but the idea was, so she I was, was like, I was like explaining to her like what the deal was, and she's like, okay, this is all kind of fascinating. Thank you. And then like after she after she left, it, you were like, you knew who that was, right? And I was like. No, I just thought it was some rando. <laughs> like that was Brave the World, and I was like, "Oh, oh, ju- oh, I know her. <laughs> I used to be subscribed to her back in the day. Maybe she's subscribed." Oh, ju- Julia, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, mean, I remember the conversation with this person. I just thought it was just some person that was just there hanging out or whatever. Just, no, I yeah, I remember that, but no. So when. <laughs> I think it was later on that night because you had to go to work. So, and I just was hanging out with Will and Julia, and then um, I think Angela had made an appearance by then. That's when Berwick got really fucking drunk, and I took that picture of him with him looking like he was going to kill himself. No, but so so you had you had Berwick who was completely like fading out. You know, he was just contemplating life, and maybe he had a secret razor near his wrist. I didn't know. but no, anyways. Do it. Yeah. Do it. So, Do it. But and but but Andreas was sitting next to him, and I remember having uh, various conversations with him. Good guy. I remember, like, I... Let's just talk about Bear Work for a second. Because, I mean, like, he's, sure we talk about the scams, but I don't think we ever really talked about, like, how crazy, legitimately crazy this dude is. I don't think we've ever actually done that. I remember we were talking no, about, we, like, his Chilean scam. We've talked about his... Um, the passport scam. The passport scam. I've done videos on that. Yeah. That are fairly popular. Actually, like, and, and I'll admit that I, w- I entered... Before I moved to Vegas, this is... I was working for Walgreens. This was back in 2015. I had actually entertained the idea of... Moving to Chile? No, of, of trying the whole second passport route. But that would mean I'd have to get a first passport and then trying... Yeah. But luck, luckily, like that, that same this this may have been something because the same day I was looking at that, I ended up getting fired from Walgreens, and then my life just took a turn for the worst. But maybe it was the, the worst, worst, worse, <laughs> not worst. It doesn't take a turn for the worst. It takes a turn for the worst. Go ahead. Yeah, that's true. But I'm grammar fagging because I should I should be a teacher. Maybe I should be able to teach T E E S H for class. <laughs> but may but your while you your <laughs> e class. But <laughs> but maybe in reality all that happened because maybe I was going a down you know, a path like you know being a follower of the dollar vigilante subscribing to the newsletter and whatever thinking about getting the passport. And then life actually happened. Maybe that saved me from actually being a, a real dumbass. Yeah, it's probably for the best, I guess. No, I, I look at it as the best because then after that, I actually – there was a point because I was subscribed to uh, TDA, the Dollar Vigilante Homegrown, which was supposedly a newsletter dealing with if you're going to stay in the U.S. and not expatriate, how do you survive? You know, it was it was a monthly newsletter. Well, there was a point where – I didn't receive like two or three months, and I had paid for a year. So I tried emailing the site directly, Berwick on Facebook, <laughs> TDA on Facebook, and then all of a sudden didn't get any answer. So at that point, this is when I realized, I'm like, yeah, this is probably all a fucking scam. Fuck them. Yeah. So, yeah, like Berwick, um, I, I came across his channel because I think he did an interview with Molyneux when he first started doing Anarchast. And this is before God, he- Anarchast is so terrible. Yeah, it is. And I was like, okay, this is interesting. So, Jim, tell me how when you first became an anarchist. Oh, God. 
That, yeah, that's that's basically the kind of questions you get. When did you become an anarchist? And then and then like he'll answer real quick, and then he'll be like, "Oh yeah, like I became." And then he'll explain his story again. And you're like, "Would you like to know more?" <laughs> I mean, you can tell that he's been can drinking. I, can I can I, I tell you how great of great of a movie Starship Troopers is? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, I was like, okay, this is interesting. A new anarchist show. I'll subscribe to it. And I think like one or two episodes after that, he did an interview with the guys that did the movie Thrive. Are you familiar with this documentary? I remember you talking about it on The Fiends. Um, I had actually – I had stopped listening to Berwick by by the long uh, – I'd say before he did Thrive. There was a point where I, I just stopped because I would listen to – So you were doing it before Anarchast. No. When he first had Anarchast, I – if there was someone I knew, maybe like Cody Wilson or, or if it – Angela Keaton, or if it was some, I mean, I don't know if they've necessarily been on. I don't want to say they were when they weren't, but if it was a name I recognized, it's kind of like with Joe Rogan. Yeah. If there's a name I recognize, I'll listen. If not, I don't pay attention. Same thing with Berwick. I have a feeling this is going to play music when I first load it, so, yep, turn it down. Oh, kind of just in time. Let's see, reverse order. The oldest first. Yeah. So, yeah, like, um, when did he, so, yeah, Molyneux was episode three. And then Thrive was... When did he have... Um, what was the fucking chick's name? Angel, whatever. She ended yes. up... She ended Foster up... Foster Gamble and Kimberly Gamble. It's episode 20. What the fuck? Yeah, so that, those are the Thrive people. So Thrive, in case you don't know, Thrive is this documentary that came out in like 2011. Why the hell is Wes Bertrand on? Oh, God. You don't like West Bertrand? No, I'm actually ashamed that he appeared on Anarchist. Oh, did a lot of people have. I know, and I feel bad for him. I wouldn't be surprised if MK's on there somewhere. <laughs> no, she would have been calling her ass. I mean, she would have been probably like... Not not Bobby back in the day, no. Not when it was... Actually, state, no. so was, I'm going to have to... Um, I could be completely... Edit wrong. or, you know, change what I said, because I said maybe... You're, you're talking about the Thrive episode. It was like episode 21. I'm looking at it. I'm like, West Bertrand? I think I listened to the... See, there's there's Tucker. Well, Stephanie Murphy's on there, so why not? There's Tucker. Well, I didn't know. I wasn't a fan of Murphy nor Brian at that point. I actually really I didn't know about Sovereign Tech at that time. Actually, because God, what was it? Because the time I, Kinsella. the time I actually I I fell out of the Berwick camp was when because I was friends with them on Facebook. And do you remember when he made that? That post about someone trying to abduct his kids and he was going to get an army of ninjas. There's Davi Barker. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, <laughs> and he basically oh, posts like the, the, the yeah the <laughs> Navy steel seal copy pasta. Yeah, well, I listened to the Davi I got a, episode. I got a team of assassins of, of, of cipher assassins, crypto anarchist assassins. Amanda Billy Rock. She's here in Vegas now. Yeah, she is. Because we met her husband, boyfriend, I don't know. whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. Snifting another. <laughs> um, there's Kokesh. Kokesh. Oh, there's Josie the outlaw. I bet she's regretting that. <laughs> I'm, I'm guaranteeing. Uh, I'm guaranteeing she's re- she's regretting a lot of stuff. Carlos Morales. I'm sure he's regretting it now. You think so? No, so. Absolutely no, so. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I, I talk to him every once in a while. I, I, I've been on two of his two episodes of his show. Neither were released, as far as I know. <laughs> oh, no, there's MK. I told you. <laughs> I, was like, uh, I was like, I think I remember MK being on the show. Oh, God, MK. Yeah. And then there's that guy, T. 
Oh, God. Lauren Rumpler. Yeah. Name's Roger from... Veer. Uh, so, yeah, that's it's it's and then there's it, Ben Stone, but this one I think also has uh, oh god, Ben Michael no, Finn in there too. No, Lynn, Lynn, there's Lynn Ulbrich. Well, Lynn makes sense, and I yeah, I just remember that there's Ian Freeman. Do you realize that this came out of nowhere? Derek Freeman, yeah, that makes yeah. You know, Lynn actually friended me on Facebook recently. I'm like, where the fuck did this come from? Uh, Ernest Hancock. Uh, uh, <laughs> Ernie. Uh, uh, good old Ernie. Uh, you got suckered. Tom Woods. Hey, we'll get on here. We're talking about Anarchast with, Je- with Jeff Berwick, and he's talking about this, that, or whatever, and talking about the cryptos and what have you, and I'm just sitting here like, whoa, man, talking this all kinds of crazy stuff, talking about how vaccines would kill you, everything, and just trying to get that message out there. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember when I invited... <laughs> Yeah, what was it? I was not expecting that to kind of be. I was like, "Who is this Ernie Hank?" I didn't really know who this guy was when I went to Jackfest. Oh, I when, when I invited, I like him. I'm, I'm not like I'm I, in front of him, but at the same time, I really do really like him. I invited you. I'm like, dude, I'm going up to Ernie's camp. Why don't you come? You're like, nah, man, I don't know him. I'm like, dude, I'll fucking introduce yeah. you. Shit. <laughs> you ended up coming up uh, later, the second time we went up there, didn't you? Because I know uh, I ended up having chili with them. Yeah, I don't think I don't think I, 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 it's kind of a bizarre situation, and it's it's really kind of weirds me out what happened because <laughs> like I I didn't know what was happening because you know me with social interaction I'm just a fucking weirdo like, right I don't, right I don't well no it. which is why I was trying to say come up with me and then Derek Slopey yeah I, th- and- I thought that James Babb was telling me like to come up and have chili with him but I didn't know so I walked up this hill and it seems as though I wasn't really invited so I ended up leaving. And but at the same time, like I was also getting notifi when I was on top of that hill, I was getting some notifications to my phone and I was like, What the hell's going on? And and fucking like my internet service was actually like they were threatening to cut it off because I ended up changing credit cards. So oh, I was in right. there like down there trying to get it to my phone to work and then I was like, Fuck it, all right, whatever. Then I went in my tent and changed my clothes because it was dirty from walking around up there. And by the time I came out, he was looking for me. He was like, what's going on, man? And I was just like, and it was just kind of awkward from then on out with Ernie. No. <laughs> so I was just like, I don't, I didn't know what to say. So I was just like, yeah, I just, well, Ernie, I did- didn't want to tell him that I felt like out of place or anything. So I was just like, yeah, just fucking in my internet thing was just cutting out. So that's why I left. But that wasn't entirely, it was some of it, but it wasn't yeah. entirely it. But you remember he did give a shit. I started to get the idea that he think that, thought that I was lying to him. Which I guess I was guess I was lying by omission half halfway. It's half true. Yeah. So, but that got sorted out though, right? No, no. I'm saying so. Hmm. I don't think but, he's mad at me. I just think he's just kind of weirded out that it, like, it, I it would was lie a, about something like that. But at the same time, I wasn't lying. I was just kind of there was awkward. <laughs> but he did well. No, he ended up giving a shout out to us. He did. There was. I don't really, I don't really listen. Like, no, listen no, no, no. It, it wasn't. It, no, it wasn't on the Ernest Hancock show. It was at Jackfest when they were doing that kind of that free form. You know, if you want to come up and say anything, he's like, "Dude, oh. we even got people from Las Vegas out here," and he was talking about us. Oh, yeah, I'm like, yeah. "There we go." <laughs> you know? Yeah, I should have done a speech or something. But I, I think that if I'd done a speech at Jackfest, it would have been like very iconoclastic. Even the libertarians would have been like, "Hey, let's talk about why I don't like the NAB." <laughs> Dude, that that would have been fucking. I, killed, and I, I probably would have had some interesting debate out about that. Like, hey, but that but that's the. I'm gonna point. give you my case, and then I would like anybody to come up here and argue with me. <laughs> get Derek. <laughs> get Derek Bros to go up there and argue with him about the map. I'm like, oh god, Derek Bros. 
Oh, no, that'd be good. We well, you, you, Jim's just over there talking about the NAP, and he's talking about like wanting to kill people, and I'm just sitting there going like, whoa, I don't know if this is appropriate, man. <laughs> do you realize that my... <laughs> They're going to do you, you, you want to know where the the real inspiration? Because I kind of had this idea, but really solidified it for for fourth wave Mennonism. Were you there with the conversation where Ernie was talking about humans? The BBC series, like we were at Derek's or we're at someone's camp. Was it James? I don't remember. But Ernie was there, and he was talking about humans, and we're all you know smoking and drinking and doing our thing. And then, you know, I remember that. I'm like, so I remember later. I'm like, God, I should turn this into something. Mm. So, yes, I have Ernest Hancock to thank for fourth, Pross. for fourth wave Mennonism. You, were you familiar with Victor Pross? He tried to be somebody, but. The name or... the name is familiar, but like everyone else in the liberty sphere, they either die or. Yeah, he kind of faded out because he backed the wrong horse. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, have you actually? Are you subscribed to Kokash's Twitter feed? No, that's funny. What happened? Just, and they're just looking. I know, just looking at it. And what I know now is like he's like, "We're going to end government. We're going to do this." I'm like, "You do realize once you do that, people will probably try and kill you, you right?" That, no, not even that. Just you do understand that by running on the libertarian ticket alone, you're not going to win, right? Well, <laughs> he's no. not in a national. Well, election. no, no. What are, be lucky if you can get on the debate. But stage. let's let's assume, for argument's sake, that he becomes supreme oh. ruler of whatever the u.s you know and he decides to end government okay he ends government all government services are now null and void what happens then chaos death i mean the purge i mean let's let's be honest there are many people who white nationalists black nationalists fucking israeli now i mean whomever right they would take that opportunity to enact their will with violence, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I, I don't, I don't think that it. I think this is the Rothbard button. I think, I think Brian actually did a show about this. <laughs> the Rothbard button. Would you press a button if you could end government immediately? Actually, even Benstone said, "Oh hell no," and gave out a great reason for why. Yeah, and because the unintended consequences would be catastrophic. Yeah, because what would end up happening is just you just create a power vacuum. The what before you could even start talking about like. At least on a national scale or even a world scale, you at least need to get the conversation going so that a lot of people are on board with the idea of like, okay, now at least we have that mindset of going like, what without the government, who would build the roads? If, as long as you get rid of those questions for every single facet of government, then you can actually start talking about like, okay, let's start working, reeling back the government or getting rid of the government. But until that day, all you're going to do is you're going to have a populace who goes like, we need a government. We don't have one. Who are we going to look to? And you're going to turn to the worst of the worst. Well, society. right, and then and let's let's be honest, warlords or who or whomever. So and Rothbard said he wouldn't press the button. So might makes right. I mean, we we accept that premise. So we take that in a no government scenario. So that the cream rises to the top, or the most violent rises to the top. Warlords mm-hmm. then become de facto posses or whatever, and then they become their own governments. That's what would end up happening. And right then, now. so history will repeat, had, it, had, repeat if itself. A, if you had a group of people in, in, a, in, a, in an area who all decided, like, you know what, we we could do without the government. Here's how we can probably provide for services, and you know, whatever doesn't work, we can work out through 
different types of different means of one of the questions things and see which one wins out then 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 in that area you can say okay we can get rid of government and then well one of the questions what to do but right now that's not that's not even remotely one of the questions i want to ask brian fascism will definitely not lead us on that path (laughs) (laughs) at all but but fascism will take root that's a different aspects of fascism will take root period it's going to happen it will happen Mm -hmm. Maybe not full Mussolini, like economic and political fascism, but you know, you've already said. I mean, we're already seeing aspects of fascism have already taken hold in the U.S. Period. Well, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would, I would say that like we were definitely on the Mussolini. We we were definitely a Mussolini state when when Roosevelt was in office for sure. No, but okay, but extrapolate and, and definitely Woodrow Wilson. But okay, do that. But extrapolate the time. So extrapolate those same policies. Those same policies have not changed. Maybe alter a little bit, but in reality, America is still a fascist state, a watered down um, fascist state, but a fascist state nonetheless. So there's economic fascism that there's definitely a major oh abso- no absolutely America- but I, w- I would not say that socially it's a fascist state no it's it's actually been watered down or the the message has been kind of decreased but if you look at it America is a economic fascist state it has elements of, of a fascist actually state. We, America may be the best representation of fascism I don't know. of economic fascism <laughs> well no because it allows There's a lot of it I'm not I'm not it, it allows for state control but it also allows for individual prosperity but there's also the cartels and everything else I mean it's the best of both worlds in a really twisted way But fascism wasn't the, the, the topic I want to get onto. What I wanted to ask... Because <laughs> it's a dead topic. Yeah, no, it is. <laughs> outright tried. They really well, no, there, there's a book I'm actually going to buy. It's called Anarcho-Fascism, written by a Swede, right? So he labels out the idea that somehow anarchism or anarchistic thought and fascistic thought can actually coexist in a weird type of symbiotic way. So I'll read it, and I'll do a book review, and I'll... Try and tear it to pieces if I even care. If it's true, or if it's not true, I don't know. Well, I already, I've already found fault in his op- one, like one of his opening uh, statements. Regardless, that's yeah. But but do you know what? Like, but not someone to go there. What yeah. I wanted to ask, <laughs> what I wanted to say was, anyways, when I do a hangout with Brian, I want to ask him honestly: Is the Free State Project successful because there's homogenous, they're a homogenous organization? And by homogeneity, I'm speaking of homogeneity. Homogeneity. My apologies. Not race. I'll, I'll, I'll let it slide because alcohol. Go ahead. Yeah, but not not racially. <laughs> but they're homogeneous of thought. They're all roughly. I, I mean, don't know, so I think that's even true. But but okay. But even if you look at a divide, even you look at a pie chart, the vast majority. If the vast majority of people are, are of of similar thought, of like mind, period, just similar ideologies. They will get. They will coexist, and they can actually build maybe a better society together. And but that's my entire point. If you can actually get people with like minds, you know, the race race isn't an issue if you're of like minds because there are black libertarians, correct? There are Mexican libertarians, Asian, you know, potential. Derek July and that guy at T. But what what I'm saying is <laughs> and Larry Elder, arguably right, and Thomas William, and Thomas, Thomas Sowell and, and and all those other people. 
So in the end, race doesn't matter. All four ma- of them. Race all does- four of those people. <laughs> race doesn't no, I'm, matter. I'm, by the way, I'm just being facetious. <laughs> race doesn't matter, but ideology does. Or your 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 kind of, of your worldview yeah, yeah, yeah. frame of mind. See, like like. The but whole, if you get those people together, can you create a better society? But I don't think that. The, yes. I think those people make up what the, what the F Free State Project is because Brian is like a C four SS kind of guy. He's like Center for a Stateless Society type of no I, I, markets, I, I, not capitalism. Which, by the way, is a fucking garbage book. I, I tried reading it; it was just garbage. But like that's where he, he's kind of coming from. And there's a lot of other, especially in Keene, there's a lot of those kind of people, uh, like Ian Garrett. But he's not in Keene. Garrett Ian. I, th- I can't remember which one is his first name. But he's um, not in Keene, is he? He's in Manchester, right? Or is he in Keene? Oh no, no, he's he's in Manchester. But I'm talking about there's a him. And then there's also a lot of other people in like Keene. Not saying that he is in Keene. What mm-hmm. I'm saying is like there's a lot of people in Keene that are like like so Garrett Ian, I think that's his name. Like I remember I remember he was he was like talking about like, oh no, there's been anarchism in Spain and he seems to be more on the left, kind of libertarian, left libertarian, and I was like Please don't use Ukraine <laughs> and Spain as an example of like anarchism, well, no, because they were basically de facto states that end up having like gulags, right? So, but my main Con- and concentration camps, quote unquote, and it's even like admitted in their own literature that they had these concentration camps, no. and you can go and actually read stuff by like no, not from like some right wing author. You can go to like, was it the Libertarian Communist? What the fuck is it? There's some website like Libcom or something like that, and see like articles by Noam Chomsky talking about how they had all these things, these terrible things, but it was okay because it was for the for the greater good. No, so my argument is this: is that just, if you live know that in a homogeneous state, not 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 the official state capacity. I'm just saying you live in a group with like-minded people. Period. Well, you're if you decide to establish a society. Can that society prosper? My argument is yes, but the argument is for homogeneity, period. Of of ideas. Yeah. Because when you say homogeneity, people automatically think race. Yeah, but, but no, I but I'm going yeah, right. Yeah. clarify that ideology. And I think that's where things need to go. But can you really have that? I don't know. Yeah, because it seems like they don't even either. Yeah, so I mean, the I mean, thing the, that they agree with is that like government sucks, well, okay. on one level or another. Okay, but I mean, isn't there a de facto style government or whatever in Keen? I mean, you have people who like you know are taking control, and there's a hierarchy. And yes, hierarchies will always exist. Yeah. Period. Tribals, tribes will always exist because you always need to belong to a group of people in order to survive. Yeah, I know. Like I know Jay. Like. And I like James. Like, like, I disagree with him on a lot of stuff, but like James and and Brian and um, there's a couple other people that listen. I'm not going to name it because it's 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 one thing to like talk about content creators. It's another thing to talk about like like listeners of a show. <laughs> I think that's that's a line that I, I usually tend not to cross unless they say like, "Oh yeah, go ahead and talk about me." Um, who are saying like, "Oh yeah, but you know you you can't have anar- uh, you can't have anarchy." You know, in the traditional sense, because it means no rulers. And if you have, if you work for a company, and like you have a boss, and that's a hierarchy, and that they're ergo bad. It's like that's not necessarily true. There are, like, for me, 
I don't know if I would want to run a company. Like I, we were talking about how I wanted to open up a bar and have a pizza oven in there. But I don't know if I would actually want to run the company that's organizing the business. What I really want to do is just make pizza, make the pizza, <laughs> yeah, and or and make the pizza, and uh, you know, you want do what I want to do, and and collect a salary where I'm guaranteed a certain pay for the work that I'm doing, and not have to worry about the burden of deciding what to do with the company, um, what kind of future prospects we want to do to expanding the kitchen. Like, no, look, I just I just want to do the pizza. And then fucking leave me alone. And that's just the kind of person I am. I'm not the person that wants to run a business. Like, sure, it's great, like, having a podcast. But that's a completely different world. You know, creating, creating like, entertainment content is a completely different world from then operating a business where I'm hiring employees and, or, like, talking about how I want to structure the, structure the the company and what kind of products I want to create and what's ones I don't want to create. Just, just give me a pizza oven. <laughs> <laughs> in a yeah. cool looking bar and we're good. Someone else can organize all that stuff and you can you can take the risk and re, and and, re, and get the rewards from it. That's just you know. Yeah. I'll I'll help do social marketing, but that's about it. You know, or marketing. I'll do that. Yeah, but the, I, I mean but the people even the fuck even I mean cuz you even say on your Twitter page you're anti-tribal. Now, I understand what you mean, but on a basic human level, people are going to be tribal, period. There's always right, going to right, be I'm groups. Not, I'm not saying, and that, but no. But what bothers me about, I guess, a lot of libertarians. <laughs> We're going to get into the tribal debate. We're going to spank you again. <laughs> no, the tribal debate is because they're not necessarily defining terms. If they say they're anti-tribal, that just it's it's a blanket statement as opposed to saying, look, I really don't like political tribes as opposed to. But in the end, I mean, yeah, I I I, I oppose like I. But you see what I mean? I mean, so, so there the is whole, that the distinction. Whole the whole anti-tribal, quote-unquote, movement, if you want to call it that, like, originally started in, like, Africa, where they were actually talking about actual, like, tribal people, right? And they kind of carried on. I know, like, Penn Jillette has talked about, like, hating tribes. But when he always talked about it, it was always in terms of, like, Stop defending people that are just just because they're in your quote unquote like whatever tribe. Like if you have like a like a family member who's getting out and getting drunk every day and like smashing up windows, just because he's a part of your tribe, your your family, you shouldn't just automatically defend them. You should you know try to sit them down and go like, hey, sorry about your thing. I'll talk to him and try to do whatever you can do to fix it. And sit sit your your cousin down and be like, dude, you're a drunk fuckface when you're drinking. Stop it. Um, and then the same thing with ideology as well. But at the same time, it doesn't mean like you can have a tribe and feel like connection and bondship with out altogether. It's not just complete, absolute rejection, right? Like I, 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 I'm against alcoholism. That doesn't mean I'm against drinking. I, <clears throat> and by the way, this is also coming from a guy who's a big fan of the, the Las <laughs> Vegas Golden Knights. So I think I think I think for the most part it can be a vice, and if you if you treat it like a vice, well, no, and I not heard like a that. Spook, then no, I no, I heard that, and I agree with that. It's just that because even though the people maybe maybe it's just because the internet because you're taking away voice inflection and maybe someone saying something sarcastically when they're not necessarily describing that they're saying sarcastic something sarcastic. You see what I'm saying? 
No. The internet takes away... Well, I, I know what you're saying, but I don't know. How no, to... so, I mean, when someone says they're anti-tribal, period. Okay, what exactly do they mean by that? And the idea is to break well, that my, down. My Twitter and... bio can only be like 140 characters. <laughs> no, I'm not even saying... <laughs> or your, 240, your, whatever. Your tw- Twitter bio, I mean, I'm, I'm targeting specifically even egoists on fucking Twitter who say they're anti-tribal. Oh, no, well, the egoists are the biggest tribal... Yeah, I was going to say, well, what, <laughs> what the fuck do you mean by anti-tribal? Please explain that to me. I mean, because, because anytime I'm automatically like have like a particular mindset. This is this is what I mean. This is what I mean. E- even egoism is a fucking tribe because they're like I can, minds. I can who- say what it is for me, and I can say I could probably say what it means to. Uh, I'll just say it, it, he's been on my podcast, so I guess he counts. The independent ego, like I, I can understand where he because he kind of gets it from me as well, as far as I know. Is that like we don't go like oh okay I'm an egoist you're an egoist uh, someone is criticizing you for something you said I'm going to defend it no matter what because you're in my quote unquote tribe right the blind defense the blind defense yeah we don't do that what we do is go like what do you like if I'm wrong or if he's wrong like I would sit down and be like you know you're wrong like this person who's making criticism like sure they're a commie sure they're a, a fucking Nazi sure they're you know a Democrat or Republican whatever. But the right, like you made something, you made a mistake. You need to defend it. Whereas, like a lot of people will just automatically jump to the defense of someone like Molyneux or Dapperton or um, uh, esoteric entity. People will automatically like try to defend him. I'm like, how could you defend this? Like he's even admitting in his video where he's saying he's not censoring people that he's censoring people. He's just calling me a troll. Like that's his argument. Like, how could you look at that and walk away thinking like, no? Unless you have that tribal mindset, like. Esoteric entity is an ANCAP. I don't know about Jim Jesus because he's he's he says that he's not an anarcho-capitalist, so I don't know where he is. So therefore, he's wrong. Would actually like oh no okay so that that tribe okay so now I understand that, that's, your that's, tribalist that's, argument. I get it. Yeah yeah yeah. So like I think the only kind of tribal in that term that that we're talking about like sure like you have like you can have kinship over like friends and family and whatever yeah because i'm looking at from a biological tribal as opposed to an ideological well there's evolutionary like benefits to tribalism and that's why it's so inherent but we're making it unhealthy by applying it to like these other groups right no i, I like sure you should be tribal about your kids and try you can be tribal about your animals or yeah like friends. i'm going to defend my cat like no matter what. Yeah. Like, my cat's awesome. Fuck you. You just smell bad. <laughs> That's why she hates or, you. Or I smell... Yeah. Yeah, I smell like other cats, so yeah. fuck you. Yeah, no, I... No, I... See, I get that. And you, you know, your cat may be cooler in your eyes, but at the, at the end of the day, my cat's cool as shit. Like, but that's my vice. But the Golden Knights are my vice, and I Actually, understand no, but, that but, but that, vice. but that... But that, but see, that's a relationship. That's not a vice. The fact that you're willing to... Okay, so let's, let's use... No, my cat is a vice. <laughs> Cat is a- yeah, hanging out with my cat—that's that's a vice. <laughs> mm. It's a completely one-way relationship. At the end of the day, <laughs> to and you I'm, it and is, I, and I lie to myself that it's not. Like I pet her, I give her food, and I give her water. And what does she give me? Like she, she gives you lip agony and lip. <laughs> See, I'm and demands to, and just I have to disagree because I have. But I, I, but she's 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 my homie. Yeah, so I see. I'm, well, no, this is this is a difference of opinion. So I guess I don't even need to say it because you believe your cat's advice. I believe my cat, who's always lovable and, and does really weird shit to get my attention and to 
Actually, I'm surprised she hasn't like tried to interrupt the podcast yet. She's I'm glad she's sleeping because this is probably the most chill she's actually ever acted with me. Because I maybe I don't generally smell like <laughs> you my cats. You came <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I I, I, <laughs> I smell better. <laughs> but generally, so so the listeners know. Anytime I would come over to do a podcast with Jim, the cat would get mad at you. Little Missy over there would be hissing a fit, and I try I try to pet her, and she. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, because I, I smell like a, other people's pussy. <laughs> Don't like it. No. Nope. But no, um, but you kind of get what I'm saying. Like, it's not necessarily. No, I. But yeah, like, so the cat and the Golden Knights. Like, no, I, I, I get that. Like, I look at them as like, that's, I know that if I try to defend them as if like they're right just because they're my team, I'd be wrong, but I'm only doing it because like, that's something that my ego needs. No, it's yeah. It's, it's, it's a sense it's, of tradition. Well, it's a sense of, it's a like, sense of pride bonding. It's a, it's a sense of pride because now, well, we live in a city that now has a national sports team, but that sports team is doing well, doing awesome. Holy well, yeah. Shit. Yeah. But now I would, I would, I'd still no, support them if they were like the chargers. <laughs> Well, no, right. It's it's because it's something that is now kind of when the same proximity. I was, would you say same proximity? I mean, be that kind of argument. It's in it's it's here. Right. They they now represent the but city. I'm a I'm a, f- I'm a faux Vegas nationalist, so of course I'm going to ad- adopt the, the the newest team. You're a faux I, Vegas nationalist as opposed to an actual Vegas nationalist. Right, right, right. I'm not a nationalist. I'm a Vegas nationalist. There is a that's fine. You're wrong, but yeah, that's okay. I, 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 wait, I, wait, wait until I she... lovingly entertain the idea. <laughs> if shit hits the fan and I need someone to help take Hoover Dam, who do I need to count on? Me. <laughs> Are you gonna do it? Yes. Okay. Well, then you better hold the dam. <laughs> yes, I'll hold the dam. <laughs> but just know that I, I willingly acknowledge that it's just a spook, but I'm entertaining it for the lulls. Yeah, no, I understand. Okay. <laughs> True, I'll with the damn, but only for the lols. Yeah, <laughs> well, because this is the only life we live, and as much as as egoists may say it's a spook, the alt right, the alt right, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, fucking yeah. goddamn it! It's been a while since I played this game. <laughs> oh, Fallout. The Dude, fuck is it? Have you looked? Have, it's Kaiser's Legion. <laughs> yeah, Kaiser. I just don't like the alt right Kaiser's Legion. Degenerates everywhere. <laughs> yeah, it's like okay, so so you basically, if you want to break it down, which I never really thought. Yeah, you've got the alt right with Caesar, and then you've got the liberals with the New California Republic, and then you got the nationalists with Mister House. I'm sorry, I. And then you. It's got- all breaking down now because the alt right is not a thing anymore. Like even, I guess Richard Spencer is no longer an alt righter. No, he's, he's he's not even a white nationalist. No, he's he's a straight or a white supremacist. He's not. He's just like a straight out like he's straight up imperialist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so he's now, in a weird way, advocating for. Trump or just for the deep I mean what exactly is he advocating I don't for know. because did you watch that but video here's what he's okay so we're bearing the lead no we're bearing the lead so Trudel Spencer Richard Spencer okay so Richard Spencer came out and Trudel Tom did a video react well no reacting but more like analyzing kind of uh Richard Spencer's new position new position and and he was explaining it and the video I was I love that fucking egghead they keep bringing up every once in a while. Well, no, he was at, he was asking for the best Spencer memes yeah. in his Discord, and people were <laughs> making him like a big egghead. Dude, the... that that needs to be the yeah. uh, the photo for the <laughs> okay for the podcast. Okay. It's got to be where to find it. Too. Okay, 
Okay. But no, okay, so Trudeau Tom was actually going through the philosophical position that Richard Spencer is now espousing and going in more detail, providing about there there is the top, there is a what an up or what do you say top a bottom so the top would be the oligarchs or the people in power the bottom bottom being the immigrants and then the middle in order to keep a stable society and and, and going from a, a monarchist perspective the monarch must keep the middle i.e the middle class or whatever stable Therefore, that actually filters down to the lower class and it, and it keeps them roughly stable because if the upper class actually just feeds the lower class, the lower class will go and try to eat the middle and then just chaos will ensue. Am I getting that position yeah, more or less right. correct? But he also has this position where uh, in terms of nationalism, he thinks that white nationalism – sues the seeds of its own destruction because it's an inherent contradiction to say that we're we're an like reactionaryism is like an individualist philosophy that is based on collectivism that you collectivize people based on their that they're on their religion on their on their culture and on their race and you can't have both because it's a contradiction to judge people on individuals as individuals based on collective identity so there's an inherent conflict, and because of that inherent conflict, you're going to, you're sowing the seeds of its own demise. So the United States started out as a white supremacist or white nationalist kind of viewpoint, but because it still had this in terms of ident- uh, this individualism, that it sowed the seeds later on to like deconstructing like slavery and then and then segregation and then the eventual problems that they that the alt right sees today. So, so if you go rewind the clock back to the Industrial Revolution and even allow for slavery, you're going to still sow the seeds for the deconstruction of that and then the deconstruction of, yeah. of, of so segregation, what, which also causes that conflict to ensue after both of them are right. gone. So he's talking about – we still have conflict over slavery and segregation today. Yeah. He's talking about a perpetual cycle that yeah. should be broken. Yeah. So he, he's, but, but he he's sees not, the problem with, with white nationalism now. But I'm more curious. So he's, he's probably going to get docked by Cantwell now. <laughs> well, well, no. So I'm what I'm curious is okay. So this is his new position. What exactly led him to this new position? What in ex- you know? I really want to know. That's really I'm I'm curious. I wonder if he's because he's probably listens to his critics. Richard Spencer's not a dumb guy. Oh, he's do you, long. Do you know but that he's not a dumb guy? Do you know that I actually invited Richard Spencer to Freedom Fest because I wanted to debate oh, that him. That would be great. Well, no. So this was <laughs> so Freedom Fest was was about to happen, and then the whole whole blow up between Spencer and Tucker happened. I sent him a fucking message saying, "Come to Freedom Fest." And let's talk. Yeah, because Freedom Fest is Republican Fest for the most part. So. Well, no, right. So, but I never heard anything back from him. So I just consider it, you know, null and void. Like, you know, whatever. He probably just said, oh, "I'm some fag," and just you know, brushed me off. Yeah, just, just I'm nobody. So you know, when you when you start having a lot of people following you, it's, it's easy to kind of go like, especially people. A lot of when you get a lot of like attention, you're you're kind of really selective on who you want to listen no, to. And, it's, and it's probably not like because you're a fag. It's just more like no, I, I agree with that. I'm nobody. This is a new person. I'm not familiar with them. I got to be cautious. No, I That's get the way I look at it. When I get that. And the fa- me, I'm usually cautious at first. And and the fact that I'm this was on Facebook and it was all under an assumed name and sounded very alt right. So I mean, even if you look at my profile, so to speak, you know, it's very. Not typical. Yeah. <laughs> so you're a fucking weirdo. Go ahead. 
<laughs> Dude, <laughs> I fly my freak flag high. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting to watch. Well, we're, are we watching? Can't we on like? I'm, I'm watching. Okay, so you he know who shall the other he shall not be named is like the only people left. Well, no. Okay, so look at it. So you know, okay, so um, segueing to Kanye, right? So Kanye had well, no, Kanye had his own little little Trump thing, right? But did you see the reaction from the Crips? There were Crips who were straight up calling for not his execution, but to beat his ass down in the streets. I'm wondering if Cantwell or someone similar to Cantwell will will actually do the same thing to Richard Spencer. Since he's now turned on the so-called tribe or the, the movement. So for him to be, for him, for bearing the pub, public, not public execution, but his public persona execution, yeah, yeah, so yeah. to speak. So, so to kind of bear in the lead, because I don't think we've talked about this yet, but Cantwell, um, I guess it was in contact with not just the FBI, because I guess he's an FBI informant now, according to him. Some, he says it's only to to expose the people who are attacking him for as part of his trial, but that's not what being an informant's about. And I, it's pretty clear speculation that he's ratting on former uh, his peers, current and former uh, colleagues. Yeah, because uh, he does have a lot of information on them, and it seems as though like he actually is kind of doing that already with the Huffington Post, because the Huffington Post was going to do an article about the guy who run Ricky. What the fuck was his name? Just. He is, his 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 name was the guy from from Major League, that um, Ricky Vaughn. Ricky Vaughn, um, Ricky Vaughn. I out of the box. <laughs> no, 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 not the actual Ricky. <laughs> no, Vaughn, I know from the movie. I know, but there was, a, was, there was an alt right account, <laughs> and it was pretty vile, and he ended up getting banned from Twitter. Um, but Ricky Vaughn was like a white nationalist, and then he ended up changing his mind as well because a lot of a lot of the alt writers have changed their mind about this. About white nationalism and all that stuff. Well, there's a, but anyways, like hmm. they were going to do a story because they found out who he was through someone else. Someone else doxed him, and then they contact or Cantwell contacted them, or they contacted. I don't know who who contacted each other first, but Cantwell confirmed that the details were true. And the reason why Cantwell did that is because he sees him as an enemy of the white race. My question. And everybody's mad at Cantwell. Not just mad at Cantwell, but they're actually just like, all right, we're done with being an alt writer. Well, we're done with is the it, nationalism stuff now. So I have a question now. So is it possible because you said Spencer is an intelligent guy? Okay. I have no reason to not. I think a lot of people who disagree with you on stuff aren't stupid. I'm well, not no, saying, no, yeah, no. I'm not saying no, just because so, I, you're a Nazi, you're stupid. But no, I believe. You be very smart, but just be wrong. Well, let's just say, let's just. Let me <laughs> I, I just want to be clear. Let me rephrase right, that. With them. Say that. Spencer, even though due, due to his public appearance and his persona and all that, is perceptive, right? So if he knew this shit was going on with Cantwell, is that a possibility as to why, why as to why he changed it? Right, it's possible. You know, so he doubt it. he was seeing the writing on the wall. He's like, you know what, fuck this, and it's self preservation. Yeah, yeah. That, that would be off. that would be interesting because just in. A weird sociological way. I'm just, you know, why do you change his position? Oh, that's why. Interesting. Okay, but specifically, why does he necessarily believe that imperialism is now the best form I, of? I, I, honestly, to be honest, I don't care. <laughs> because here's here's the th- here's what I've been I've been thinking about, and I talked about this with Matt. Like, I really don't care about the outright anymore because they were always kind of like the media's whipping boy. But I I saw the rise of them, and I saw this kind of like trend where everybody's starting to go that route, the the libertarian to alt right pipeline. I saw that 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 was there. It seems as though that's 
kind of dying out. Actually, no, that that anarcho fascism book I was talking about actually talks about that pipeline. So I'm 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 curious to to see what the author actually has to say about it. So there definitely was a pipeline, but I think that pipeline is pretty much closed off now that the alt right is kind of a dead movement. But it's not. It's not though because if you look at, I don't think it's. I think it's not. It doesn't have the same strength, or at least the white nationalists. But there still is an alt right movement, and this is the alt. There's always going to be like Nazis. I'm not talking. I'm not. I'm not talking about because if you look at the alt right, um, they're an umbrella term, and they are right. Right. So I'm talking about like the libertarian, like there's there's a or there's a faction of new conservatives who are coming out, even YouTubers who are coming out, and yes, they're being some are being censored, some are not. But I'm actually finding other through uh, Trudeau Tom's page and people he's following or people are following him. I'm finding these new conservative voices who aren't your stereotypical conservatives, like this black porter or this. Puerto Rican slash black chick who lives in Dallas, Texas. She has a following of like maybe 20 K 20,000 viewers. But regardless, that's a starting point. You're actually out of the death of the all right. You're actually starting to see the new right. And it's, it's more of a, a racially diverse sect of conservatives. Yeah. So, I mean, so it really kind of throws a wrench in their whole argument. Yeah, no, it, that, that white people are going to be like the the weight for conservatism or the right or whatever. Right, but they're they're still. I mean, even look looking at was it roaming millennial? Right, she's a centrist. Like, no, she's probably just a conservative, but she's like white and Asiatic. Like, I think her dad or her mom's Asian, and then white, you know, or European, mm-hmm. vice versa. But so you're getting people like that, or you're getting people of more mixed or more. Um, well, look at that guy T. Look, I mean, look at um, well, that guy T is not an alt writer. I'm not talking about all oh, right, but I'm just saying like conservative. He's but, not, he doesn't entertain like nationalism, but, identitarian nationalism. But more conservative style right. politics, but being, say, not white. And you're seeing more people like that. Yeah. Whereas what? Back in the day, Thomas Sowell, maybe. It was uh, the token. Yeah, it was token. And then you had what? Walter. Not Walter, Walter Williams. Walter Williams. Yeah. Like you had a couple of to- uh, supposed token black guys who believed. They're not tokens anymore. I don't, they they were never tokens to begin with. They, yeah, right, right, you know, right, right. but because they, they contributed things that were significant to the oh, absolutely to the, to, to, to the to, cause of either liberty or conservatism or what have you. I wouldn't say they're well, Walter Williams, yeah, but uh, Soul is a libertarian. Yeah, no, he's not a conservative. But libertarian, so that line that line between those guys could be pretty thin, whether it be libertarian or conservative. Right, right, but regardless, right. they they contributed significant. Uh, book or ideas, ideas to the, the general conversation they should be lauded for it i mean yeah yeah, yeah. that guy t too <laughs> that guy t is contributing he, and he's stuck yeah he's stuck with i mean what does he still do his youtube channel because i know he quit for a little bit because it's it's funny because i go back on on because i'm on a true deal tom kick for some reason but i'm noticing that like the moment that guy T disappeared from the ANCAP scene. He kind of he kind of took over. Yeah, he popped up on Trill Tom's radar and kind of started doing a, a collaboration videos with them every now yeah, and then. Yeah, yeah. So the Moreover Philosophy, which is an interesting podcast. Well, if you want to call it a podcast, is it actually on RSS feed? I don't think it is. No, it, I think it's just a YouTube a channel. It's just it's just like I hate that. I hate when people call like YouTube channels podcasts or not. If you don't have an RSS feed too, like I, I post my podcast on YouTube. I stopped doing but that. I, I did. I did two episodes. I'm like, the time it takes to run the video. I'm like, the, nah. I just do it when I'm at work and to come back home and upload it or yeah, if I'm sleeping. Then or I would need. To, I or would need to put together. Make some awesome pizza dough. By the way, 
His pizza dough is on point. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. I'm not going to deny it that. It didn't that, used that. to be. No, his I pizza to... dough used to fucking suck, but now... Ah, I wouldn't say it sucked. It was definitely better than anything you'd get at Domino's or Pizza Hut, for sure. It was passable. It was passable. <laughs> but, now, but now it's on point. He's, he's on point. He's, he's perfected it. He's, he's slowly working to perfect his craft. Should we talk about being a PCEO? PCEO? Yeah, because, because even you doing this, I'm like, I God. Can't I hate that word. PCEO. Pizza yellow. Oh, like a aficionado? It's just the same. It's Right, but it's technically the same word. It's like I've got on my Twitter feed, it's like I'm a dark synth aficionado. But it's the same word. It's because you take, you know, this is what you want to specialize in or this is what you really like. So, yeah, I ended up changing it on my Twitter bios too, that I'm an aspiring pizza yellow. You should be a pizza aficionado. Well, that's someone who eats pizza. Someone who makes pizza is a pizza yellow. Yeah. Someone who makes a pizza. And by the way, that used to be a term of like, oh, that's the, the shit tier shit. Actually, you or, make fucking bread with tomatoes. Or you could just say pizza snob and just really dumb yeah. it down. No, pizza yellow is someone who makes pizza. No, but still, so. So anyways, I got this book um, legally, of course, not from the public library, uh, called the pizza Bible. And like, I've always been interested in trying to learn how to make pizza. Like what I really want to do is make Neapolitan pizza. Okay. I'm sorry for calling it Neapolitan pizza. Okay. I don't know about your fancy book learning buddy. You know who I'm talking to. I never got my grave 12. Damn it. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, well, cause <laughs> every, every I wanted to make Nea- Neapolitan pizza. Well, cause you've been talking about this. Even, I mean, for a while, so, for a while, even, I mean, when Year, we, a couple of years. Yeah. Cause when we were at Jack fest in what, 2016, you were talking about build the pizza oven. Yeah. Right. Build the pizza oven and us take it out to Jack fest just to make pizzas. I'm like, that was a great idea. Just need to do it. Or, yeah, you man, know, need to learn how to make pizza. But, right? but the, but the problem is I'm like, okay, that's a, Pain in the fucking ass to transport. Period. It would be so. better to build one there, and it's it's you can actually build one fairly cheap, but you just got to have a little bit of experience. yeah. I, I, again, I'd be worried since it's not supervised. What most of the year, I'd just be worried about someone fucking with it or nature fucking with it. Yeah. So, anyways, yeah, like I always wanted to do that, and I was working on. So there was. So I just figured that Alton Brown, because Alton Brown is fucking awesome. Let's just get that out of the way. Good Eats is like one of the best TV shows, food TV shows ever, by far. Alton Brown is like a fucking a wealth of knowledge. Uh, and also, I took a couple of hints from Gordon Ramsay about stuff, and that was helpful. It actually improved it. But at the end of the day, these pe- people are not PCLOs. They're not. They don't. They don't spend their time like making pizza all the time. They're not. Pre- they no, they're not. They're not. They, from really, chi- they ain't from Chicago. They're not. <laughs> they're not respecting the craft or New York. Anyways, uh, <laughs> fight me. Yeah. No. 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 I, I don't. I don't think that New York pizza is like exceptional. I don't. Cardboard with cheese. No, I don't think it's that bad. Um, <laughs> I like I like New York pizza. <laughs> I like my cardboard little cheese. But I, I like I like my I like my pizza lasagna. Okay, probably better. But uh, anyways, uh, <laughs> so oh, so real quick, book. real quick before you talk about the book, I know you said you you're gonna dis- you disagree with me on when you're driving home saying that Chicago style is not pizza. You made I did, I did not say that. I did not say that. You said it's a straw man. It's a straw man. Go back and listen to it because you talk about that. And you say wrong, Baron. So I heard that motherfucker, and I may may or may not may or may straw not straw man's straw man's dude. It's it's gonna live forever on the nets. It's out there. 
bitch. <laughs> Regardless, there's a reason why it's called a pizza pie. And <laughs> it may okay. be a, a combination of pizza and a pie. So, Well, no, no. So here's, here's the point that I was making because I was talking about fascism. <laughs> And how it's, is it really socialism or not? And I was saying that saying that is like arguing whether or not Chicago pizza is technically pizza because it's not a flat piece of bread. It's actually like a it's a fucking up, pie. It's a, it's <laughs> actually a pie with a top crust and everything. Yep. And I was like, th- that's basically what the argument is. Like, okay, it's very much different than what most people see as pizza, but it's still pizza. That's what I was saying. Okay, okay. That's what was okay, my point. Okay, so. It's just, you can't say that like, oh, Chicago style pizza, that's the same kind of pizza as New York. No, and that's what that's what people like on the right try to do with fascism is they try to say like, national socialism is the same thing as communism. Not exactly. <laughs> no, it, it's not. Actually, There's a lot of similarities. What is it? Fascism, national socialism have more in common than Nat Sox or fascism with communism. I mean, yes. Okay, yeah. Anyway. Anyway, so that w- that was what I was okay, saying. Okay, you missed say, what I said. I, I did, but all I heard <laughs> all I heard was "sorry, Baron." I'm like, okay, so that's what I equated to the pizza argument. I'm like, yeah. well, well, then I I was well, if that was. Your perceived argument. I love Chicago deep. I was pizza. willing to meet it. you halfway and say, yes, it is a pie and it is pizza. <laughs> it's lasagna. <laughs> that's what one of my coworkers says. Like, it's, I don't know if that's pizza. It seems like lasagna to me. <laughs> it's fucking delicious regardless. Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, and I, and I, I know how to make it. I know how to make it. It's great. And then my first attempt was like, well, I perfected that. I would actually do something hard now. Um, but no, like I, I wanted to get back into the craft, and I was like, okay, um, I got this book by this this guy who wrote the pizza quote unquote Bible, and this guy owns like he st- he started out as like a um, competitive pizza dough tosser. He's doing like you know the competitive. It's it's almost like vaping, you know the vaping competitions, <laughs> but for pizza, vape, but for pizza dough vape, tossing. Vape nation, yeah. And then they banned him from competition because he was too good and he kept winning. And they were like, we're just retiring you. So that he couldn't get in any competitions doing that. So he still wanted to be competitive. So what he did is like, oh, I'm just going to learn how to make pizza right and then compete like in tasting, you know, actually making quality pizza. So he actually had to learn all over again how to make pizza, not just learn how to make the dough so he can spin it around. Uh, and then now he actually owns some like really top tier Neapolitan Neapolitana pizza. Uh, pizzeria. Are you saying Napolitano? Neapolitania. <laughs> ah, so it's, uh, so it's not like pizzeria. So it's not like the ex governor of Arizona. Gotcha. No. Oh, no, that's now head of what? Cal? University of Cal? I don't know. USC? I don't know. Anyway, uh, he so he owns <laughs> he has some very successful, like, really good pizza places. And he has like nine or ten ovens. Uh, and his places like one coal fire, one wood fire, one gas. Like he has like all different kinds of ovens for for making various different styles of pizza. And then he ended up spending to L.A. And then he also has a couple places in uh, here uh, in Vegas. And which uh, he also does like when when they have the uh, the big conventions for pizza here in Vegas at the convention center. He's the one that actually does like the courses, the classes where people can come and take and learn how to make pizza. So aside, aside from the hot wing challenge that we need to film, I think yeah. we also need to go to his a couple of establishments here and actually film the pizza and yeah, eating yeah. and all that. I wouldn't. I, I'm definitely not opposed to that. So I, I, I think this is the idea of creating a Lulbert's, a Lulbert's Vegas YouTube channel. 
the very. I already, I already have a Lobert's YouTube channel, but I discontinued it. So no, if you want to if you want to listen to it, you got to go to the main. Or or maybe we just or we just throw it on the Centopia. I can make a Centopia. Since it is Vegas proper. Anyways, uh, we, I want to start wrapping this up because I got to pee. It's just you can see my legs dancing. Um, so yeah, I, I got the book, and and now I'm just like, okay, I'm gonna pretend like I don't know anything about this, and I'm just gonna take everything that he says as gospel, and it's fucking working. Apparently, like my dough just went from like it went from ten percent sh- to about maybe ninety percent. It still has some work to do. Eighty-five, ninety, yeah. yeah. I'm, I would, I'd probably say ninety because that would. It's tasty. Mm-hmm. Like so, the bread by itself. Yeah, no, the bread by it's yeah. It it because you know there's some crust, pizza crust that you just loathe to eat, but this is you want to eat it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It actually has like a beer kind of quality to it. There's it's it's complexity. Yeah, it. it's it's soft, but it's flavorful and it's got that fermentation kind of flavor to it. Yeah, it's good. It's it. You do a stuffed crust version of it. They would would remind me it's of some crust. No, I won't. no, I'm opposed to stuffed crust. I'll do I'll do <sighs> stuffed pizza. I won't do stuffed crust. No, you, mm. it's an uh, abomination. No, you you, <laughs> you say that until you you taste Rocco's Little Chicago in Tucson, then you may change your mind. I'll do a stuffed crust Chicago pizza. That's a different ball game. Yeah, no, no that's, you're, you're putting like actually, corn in it. Actually, that's what I'm. Oh, I should have made that clear. Okay, I'll only eat a stuffed crust Chicago style pizza. Period. Okay. And and that's what Little Rock was at Little Chicago. I mean, he was from Chicago, and he's got this little okay. pe- pizza joint in Tucson. That. Yeah, that's a, that's a different beast, but yeah, that's the only way you should do stuff, crust Chicago style. Yep. But so that's that's been my goal is to perfect a pizza proper. So I need to get a couple of stones. Right now, I'm just using an iron skillet, and it's working. Yeah, it's, it's, it's working. It, the, the crust on the bottom would be right, a lot but better. to get the stones, you're gonna it's gonna more streamline the process and yeah, yeah, yeah. make it easier. But let's wrap this up because you're jiggling something fierce and you need to pay. <laughs> so I gotta piss my dick. So where can they find more information about your? So my website is officially up. It is syntopia.org. I've got at least seven episodes, four core episodes, maybe two or three for side quests, which are just random shit that I do in Vegas. Okay. Showing off landmarks, you know, the thing. All right. Hail Satan. Hail Odin. Hail Odin. <laughs> Hail Thanos. <laughs> All right, thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate you.